Hey, how's it going, Kurt? Pretty good. Uh, Sylvester Stallone says he wants to remake uh, Tango and Cash with you. <laughs> what, what do you think about that? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? Long time ago. We had a lot of fun, that was for sure. Yeah, it was good, man. You guys should do it. The uh, remakes are really big right now. <laughs> yeah, they're doing them. Hey, what up, you idiot? Are you addressing me as, no. as an idiot? No. It's not a very copacetic way to start off what's supposed to be a spirited conversation, I wouldn't say. No, it's not. It's not directed at oh. you. It's just oh. like the hypothetical idiot Wh out there. Whoever. Hey, you uh, idiot. Life has fallen apart enough that they found themselves listening to yeah. this. Yeah. All corners of the world. Um. Could be. Could be sad, desperate people from, yeah. from any walk of life, really. If they turned it on, Internet's I'm, the great equalizer that way. I hope I just got them to turn it off, or I gave them a little push in the direction they needed, if you know what I'm saying. Now, are you talking about people who like, like to get verbally abused and beat off? Well, that's, that's fine, too. <laughs> Look at you. You can't even do it right. That's stupid. Yeah. You're barely going to be able to finish. You're an idiot. I can see that being at least like a 30% of our listenership or something. Yeah. Just like, yeah. oh, these guys are always surly and attacking the people that they should want to support them. Yeah. I could get off to this. Right. And we don't care what gender you are. Like, hey, you're an idiot. Don't stick that in there. That can go for anybody. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Yeah. You're a loser. You're pathetic. I screamed that at people from all walks of life once again. That's right. Uh, one of my go-to sayings. Yeah. <laughs> don't put that in there, you idiot. <sighs> or do it. I don't care. I really don't. Is there anything you'd say that you care about anymore, or have you completely given up on life? I think over the last couple months, we've just uh, week by week been chronicling your uh, disillusion huh. into just uh, disarray, I guess, mm. is what's happened. Our disarray dance yeah, is this here. Is at the end of his rope right here. I care about Pearl Jam. All he's got still, is his fucking Wild Turkey 101 yeah. and his Pearl Jam Whole CDs. Of it. Yeah. Uh, still listening to that on CDs, right? Except uh, 10 I have on, VA, or on cassette. <laughs> on cassette, yeah. It, it sounds better that way, I feel like. Like some old horror movies, like you want to watch the crappy VHS copy right. of it because it gives a little bit of right. uh, ambiance, a little bit more like it's a relic that got dug up, a cursed mm. relic. Gritty VHS is good for that. Same same diff. You're listening to like a yeah. band that like truly fucking rips the way the bands don't rip anymore, like, like a, the like, like a Pearl Jam or like the Damn Yankees or like a Temple of the Dog. Yeah. Or like yeah. is there another? I just trying to Can or or like a Eddie Vedder solo album. Enough? Were you a Damn Yankees fan? Uh, I mean, I know that they sang that song, yeah. and I'm not sure that I know any other song that the Damn Yankees might have sang. I feel like I should. But be man, able that to one was one good. More. It was always in one of those like a uh, rock of the '90s compilation infomercials that they'd play late at night in like probably yeah. the early 2000s. And yeah, always be like, oh, here's the part where we get to that song. They taught us how to love. Monster Ballads. 
35 powerful hits on two CDs and two cassettes. Monster Pellets or Send Monsters of Rock. 1995. Yes. Send you like six CDs. This is not a good deal. No, no. I was always more of a Columbia House penny for six. Oh yeah, whatever. penny for six, and then you just move. Yeah. What do you, what are they what are they gonna do? I don't live here anymore. Yeah, Send them there. Keep sending keep sending CDs. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I live in Delaware now. Columbia House idiots. You can't find me. This is before the internet. Who is the Columbia House? It sounds like a drug cartel. Yeah. This is, it's just an offshoot of the cartels. They were peddling this CD pyramid scheme thing. It had to have been. It was a different time, Even man. seedier than I thought. Yeah, and then we created the internet so we could get one up on the fat cats at the yeah. CD companies. I remember those things, like, they, they come in the off. magazines or whatever, though, and be like, check off the, like, the eight CDs or whatever that you want. It's only going to cost you, like, a nickel or whatever. Yeah. I'd be like, Mom, I got to do this. That's a lot of yeah. CDs in here I want. And she'd be like... I put together a list, no problem. That's a scam. With You're not doing that. What? what they do is they rope you in, blah, blah, blah. Oh. And I was like, Mom, Mom, you're not listening to me. Yeah. I need all these CDs, and you're not driving me to the Best Buy. Right. So. But then, luckily, like I was at my dad's one one weekend. The all weekend. right. It was probably like eleven or twelve. He was like, "Check out this thing I found. This is fucking awesome. You can get all these CDs for like a nickel or whatever." Hell like, yeah! You know what, Dad? That's a great idea. Let's fucking do this. That is a foolproof idea, Father. Just let me know when these things have come to your house. You ring me up. I'll come pick these things up. No problem. That'll be that. We'll be spinning Stone Temple Pilots Vaseline yeah. in, in no time. Yeah, flies in the Vaseline we are, you know? Sometimes it blows my mind, man. Like a, like a ham and mustard shake. <laughs> Ugh, <laughs> Is that one of the lyrics I've never? Yeah, feeling like a ham and mustard shake. Oh, yeah, there we go. I've never, I've never, I've never uh, looked up the lyrics to Stone Temple Pilots songs because who could care? That guy was on a lot of drugs. He, he wasn't making any sense when he was putting pen to paper. That's uh, for sure. No, he did heroin. A lot of it. And uh, it's it's gone now. Yeah, he's gone now. Remember that drugs might. Remember that like post heroin comeback era they did well one of them there was like three yeah when he was all like real skinny and druggy yeah and they did that one video with sarah michelle geller in yeah. it where he was just like hey, slithering all so over girl. fucking sarah michelle geller and like putting his hands all over i remember seeing that and just be like no buffy run don't let him touch you he's gonna give you whatever he's got this is not a where's freddie prince he should be on set oh, fucking yeah. like cutting this shit off like Ew. hell no too busy. Should be throwing his Prince family clout around that fucking set right there, he making sure this shit doesn't happen. Trying to figure out his way into the wrestling biz at that point. Yeah, no, no payday is good enough to let post meltdown drug addicted Scott Weiland slither all over you. I'll tell hey, you that much right now. Speaking of uh, Sarah Michelle Geller and uh, FPJ, I love talking SMG and FPJ. I just watched that new Scooby Doo Scooby-Doo? animated movie oh, that they're not in. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say something else, but then we I really did just go in a Scooby-Doo direction. Yeah. So I watched Scoob, the Scoob. animated film. How did that Scoob. treat you? Do you have any fond memories it. of yeah. the uh, old cartoons? Oh, yeah. I'm always, yeah I've yeah. always been a Scooby-Doo guy. I've always been a Scooby-Doo guy, too. And I've always kind of considered that, like, uh, the weird, vague spookiness, but not really, of that cartoon to be, like, a gateway thing to get kids into watching, like, horror movies and shit like that, yeah. Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I think the left-of-center like, kids. Yeah. 
It's kind of like methadone for like right. for like the later on yeah. heroin. It's a little sniff. Like, what do you get think? You, get you in there. What do you think just, about that? We're going to be at a, a spooky carnival, right? And then uh, maybe some kids are going to be disappearing or something. Yep. How do you like that? You, you into that vibe? Could be ghosts. Watch out. If now. so, there's this whole other section of the video store mm-hmm. that uh, you're going to have to come in. You're going to want to be looking at these VHS covers because there's gonna. a lot of interesting things happening on them. Oh God, horror fucking VHS covers when you were a kid, man. Yeah, even now. I'll fucking follow just like horror VHS cover Instagram accounts and just like cycle through them. Just like, oh, that looks cool. That looks satisfying. Oh, I bet none of that stuff in this cool picture actually shows up in that movie. Oh, yeah, man. Some good times. That was was always the the dice you were rolling. Just like, this looks fucking awesome, but how much of this stuff in this picture is actually going to show up in this movie? What's the... Usually none of it. It was usually none of it. What's the one where the, the guy gets like a killer's arm or something? Oh, Oh, yeah, that's uh, probably a lot. Idle Hands from yeah. the late 90s? No, I... That's, that's a great one. I know what that is. Yeah. yeah. It's got a young Jessica Alba in it. Oh, yeah, she is young. Man, I just never remember her. She just does nothing for I've me. never understood not, not your a stance thing. on Jessica Alba. Just... Maybe the most conventionally attractive actress. I, I put uh, air quotes around actress for anybody uh, out there who can't actually sure. see us recording right now. Sure. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Just doesn't do it. Watch Dark Angel, man. You obviously missed those two seasons of Dark Angel. She never got her hooks in you like she did everyone else. You're right. I'll go back to watching James Dark Cameron man. brought her to us, and then you poo-pooed her. Yeah. Just like a jerk. Just, yeah, just like a like, fucking jerk. Goddamn right. I was like, what's this shit? You're probably not even going to watch any of the Avatar sequels. Get You're this just out fucking, of here, Jimmy Cameron. I've just, been to Avatar. Have you, sir? I mean... Are you talking been to the immersive 3D experience of watching Avatar on the big screen? Because if so, yes, it changed my life. I straight up went to the island. I put my dick in one of those flying monsters Mm -hmm. so that we could share brain activity. Oh, you can get your dick out at the Disney Disney Park thing? No one stopped me. That's pretty exciting. You know, I was just on the ride and was like, "Mm, might as well do the real thing. Getting your dick out policy at Disney World when I was there last, but that was in the 90s. Right. You know, there's been corporate changeover and shit since then. I don't really, I don't really know what's going on there. With all, with all those new parks, they can't monitor all the dicks. Yeah, that's true. There's just too much going on. Fucking with COVID going on. Like, uh, you'd you rather have people have their dicks out than right. their faces uncovered. Like, oh, no, it's Florida. They don't care which either one's way. Gonna, which, which one are you going to choose? Florida, you can go either way, my man. Hell yeah. yeah. Not Indiana, though. You, you don't have to wear a mask, but you got to keep it in your keep, pants. Yo, this is yeah. a religious state. Absolutely. <laughs> you asshole. Fucking Jesus don't want to see uh, your pubes. Yeah. Visible erection is illegal in the state of Indiana. Really? Even if you uh, just yeah. got, like... Half chub because like your hog's so big and everybody's like, look at that bulge. That's Look awesome. at that guy. I'm loving it because nobody hates that. Yeah, some of us lawbreakers. You yeah, know. this is why um, I don't understand these thin blue line people around here. The fucking, they're gonna try to come out here and regulate my crotch bulges. I right? don't want the man telling me how to live my fucking life. Dude. Yeah, take your thin blue line flag off your fucking porch. I sport- put up a don't tread on me flag. Hell yeah, like we used to fucking put up right back in the real days. Yeah. What happened to you people? Ah, <sighs> whatever happened to the kind of racist we would just leave alone? Damn it. Yeah. 
Oh, they never times. came out of their houses. They weren't bothering anybody. Oh, times have changed, my man. But that's why we're here, because it's baby oil and blow. Action, shoot 'em up, extravaganza, racist palooza. Not on our end, but mostly from the movies. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, occasionally we slip up, and uh, you got to get quick yeah. with the editing. Notice we edit out most of the yeah. stuff we say. It's yeah. fun for it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that goes to varying degrees. Yeah. Probably many people have been turned off by this podcast, but whatever. Fuck you, you stupid idiot. That's what, why you think I came out so hot. Yeah, sure. I'm so combative, letting people know. Sons of bitches. Oh, God. This, <sighs> I've, I've gone like 24 hours without drinking anything. These yeah? sips of whiskey I'm taking right now are going down smooth. You want to get a big old naked lady glass like I clink, got? Clink, It's almost like if you take a day off every once in a while, like you start appreciating it like uh, right? all over again. It's yeah. just like, ooh, it's like my first time. Yeah. Just I, when it hits your lips. Every once in a while, I accidentally dry out for mm-hmm, a day. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was not one of those days. I say that I dry out for a day. I did have two mojitos with lunch. Well, that's lunch, though. Yeah, yeah, I didn't drink in the evening into the night. That's You counted those calories. That's, that's drying out, Qualifies, man. man. That yeah. is drying out. Also, yeah. like, there's soda water in there, mostly. Oh, a mojito is not drinking. Right. Like, a mojito is not drinking. We're drinking straight bourbon right now. Mm. Oh, that's, that, that's booze. That's capital D-R-I drinking. Right. That's boozing. If I get something and it's got soda water in it, mm-hmm. that's a light, refreshing treat. Oh, sure. To me. Yeah, 100%. This I'm is... just like, put some booze in there so I don't get the shit. Oh, I got to get you. hydrated. Could yeah. I get a fucking gin and soda over here? Right. Yeah. Something refreshing. Put a couple of dashes of Ango in there. Let's spice it up. Maybe squeeze a lime. Yeah. I'm, I don't have to go into work today. That bitters is going to come in uh, nicely if you got a little bit of an upset. Tell me from too much drinking, you know? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Which I never do because no. mostly I'm just drinking bottles of Ango at right. this point. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm buying them in bulk. Well, whatever works for you, man. I am one half of your host. I am Matt O. With mm-hmm. me as always. He is the stone gossard to my Eddie Vetter. Oh, he wow. is... Nate Adams. Ahoy, hoy, everybody. I was yeah. wondering where we were going to go. Was he going to go with the with Pearl Jam? Was he going to go with the Shaggy and Scoob I right there? Seen rain eyes. He, he used to always do those like celebrity uh, guest appearances like the Harlem Globetrotters or yeah. Batman and Robin yeah. or on this episode of Scooby and Do. I love I'd Scooby and Do. I like S- Scooby Do. I'd love yeah. to see one with just Pearl Jam on it. Like, uh, ooh. ooh, this episode, the, the gang takes the mystery wagon up to Seattle and right. some hijinks occur at whatever it's, their outdoor theater is up there, whichever corporate name is on their outdoor theater up there. The uh, the Scoob movie that I watched last night mm-hmm. had uh, some celebrities in it. Nothing Ooh. crazy. Simon Cowell was one. I was of gonna say, like, uh, yeah. I, I generally have a problem with that these days. We've we've talked about this before, I think, where some sort of generational shift has happened yeah. in just like the last three years, probably. Yeah. Where you could list a bunch of celebrities, and oh. suddenly I don't know who any of them are. Right. It's ever since like all this shit's moved to streaming, and it's like people yeah. are on Amazon, people are on Hulu, people are on. And I'm just like, why are you famous? These people aren't on networks or in a th- in mm-hmm. a theater. Like uh, I don't know how I would be expected to know who they right. are. Yeah. But apparently, other people do. Yeah. And quit using the term YouTube star. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown. 
Oh, she's the that Stranger young girl Things from girl. Stranger Things. Yeah. I saw that name for years and just assumed she was one of Whitney and Bobby's kids who was like starting to become famous. That's fair. Turns out not. Turns out she's just some little white girl from a Netflix show. Yeah, she's British and deaf. Oh, that's at least in an ear. I think got nothing. Oh, I could see maybe one of Bobby Brown's kids being deaf because he, like, he smacked hit him. him too hard yeah. or something when he was absolutely know, fucking bender or like didn't tend to them when they needed. You know, oh, attention. sure, sure. Yeah. Or it could just be a tragic forceps incident, like what happened to fetus uh, sliced alone. Oh. You never know. Ooh. You never know. It's hard to say. Hey, uh, uh, real quick, though, I caught an episode of Scooby-Doo as well oh, the other wow. night. Oh, wow, doubling up to Scooby-Doo. I just was flipping through, and it was from 2019. It was one of the new shows. Oh, but you know who the Scooby-Doo, I see. You know who the celebrity I was? I watch vintage Scooby-Doo. I might want to do that. I don't uh, know. Celebrity Lil Nas X, I'm no, gonna guess. No. That's one of the new celebrities I've heard. Steve I've heard. Urkel. Yep. Rejection, it really turns her on. And Judy is like Hawkins, but she won't leave me alone. My buddy said, Yo, we gonna bust it out, dude. Cause making it with Judy gives you a clown. But Jay's not a jerk, even though she is a teaser. I'm not about to treat the female like a teaser. If I step to her and do her, they will all stop the teaser. For principles be more this straight up teaser. Content's under pressure, I just might blow. Content's under pressure, I just might blow. Content's under pressure, I just might blow. Oh, <laughs> Hollywood celebrity Steve Urkel? Yeah, like it wasn't uh, Jaleel, Jaleel White. White. It yeah, was sure. just the performer Urkel. behind the uh, legendary character. I saw recently, that's strange that you say he did that in a cartoon, because I saw them make a big deal on Instagram recently. Yeah. Him and Snoop Dogg yeah. have like launched some sort of Steve Urkel weed line. Right. And they were like, oh, Purple this is the Urkel. first time he's done the Steve Urkel character in blah, blah, blah years. And now you're telling me well, that that's not the case. I didn't check the They're credits. splitting hairs. I didn't check the credits. Me. Oh, sir. I see. I didn't see who Saying was Saying we playing. had like a Dave Coulier cashing a check doing yeah. his Urkel impression. Yeah, over, that's what it really sounded like. I wouldn't be surprised to find out it's fucking Coulier. He's the kind of I'm, undercutting asshole who would do I'd it. love to hear that Jaleel White has some sort of like lawsuit going against uh, this fucking, fucking Scooby-Doo production yeah. right now. And Uncle Joey just like, you're, you're all using my likeness. You can't do that. This is how I make my money. Sorry for the, the jab, Jaleel. I know you sound much more like a Stefan Urkel than you do Ooh. a Steve Urkel in real life. Yeah. I saw you trying to butch it up in all your interviews in like the mid-90s to be like, yeah. oh, I'm actually an actor. You can cast oh. me for other roles. I'm not just going to be Urkel for the entirety of my career, right? Sure, you're not, right? George. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to do other things eventually. Yeah, whatever you want, man. I'm not Steve Urkel, I swear. His real-life girlfriend died while filming that show. That's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Also, some bitch probably died of embarrassment because she was dating Urkel. Well, I think they were dating. I don't know. It was the one that played his nerdy girlfriend on the show. Oh, I remember. Uh, her, Maya. Her being... Maya? Uh, Big-chested? What's the name of the uh, girl who... Laura? Who he had the yeah, crush Laura. on? I remember when Maya yeah. came around being like, well, Maya's three times as attractive as the girl who plays Laura, so uh, just move yeah. on, Urkel. You guys have sort of 
Sucked all the sexual tension out of that triangle right. right now. Yeah, she died a very painful cancer-related death while filming that like last season. Oh, wow. She, could, could, could you just see the pain in her eyes as she was <laughs> reacting to Urkel Prattfalls? Because that sounds like a Poltergeist 3 situation. You're <laughs> just like, oh, something's wrong with Carol Ann. What's... <laughs> At least like this woman was like... Somebody sew up some gauze in her chest during a surgery yeah. or something? Like, ugh. At least she was grown and was like, no, I want to be on the Urkel show as opposed to just like, hey, dying kid. We got to make a third poltergeist. Get your ass Buck up, up. There. You'll be all right. Matt, we should probably get into the rundown okay. of the action movie we're talking okay. about this week. Of course, we do have a new month, so we have a new theme. You hopefully have caught new on month, how new we're me, doing man. it. Around these parts, uh, May here, it's spring's going, uh, things are opening up, people are getting vaccinated, people are coming back together. Bears got a new quarterback. We decided we would celebrate by doing a festival of friendship here. Ooh, yeah. Little event we're calling, Why Can't We Be Friends, a treatise on the buddy Mm. cop film. Mm. We are big, big fans. Maybe my favorite subgenre of action, the buddy cop film, I think. How do you feel? Where do you place... Where do you place the uh, buddy cop? Man, um, that's a hard one to say. It is kind of like its own thing. We're singing the praises of like an elite crew of dudes who need to be like parachuted off somewhere. That's another one of my top ones for sure. I tried watching, in terms of uh, buddy movies, tried to watch Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Smith's hit film Cop Out the other day. Oh, that's unwatchable. It is. I turned it off. Literally. For that reason. Unwatchable. (laughs) Think the little lady and I made it maybe half hour in ouch and we're just like this is ouch this is not a film no uh the rundown this week is yeah. brought to us by our sponsor mm. uh get that money it's, it's the film they change their mind it's uh the film uh oh. the kid detective Ooh. starring adam brody which came out in 2020 it was, I think, my favorite film that I saw in the pandemic year of 2020. It was a great film. Right now, as we speak, it's uh, the Whoa. rental of the week on what? iTunes. You can just drop a cool cents? 99 cents on that thing. Holy hell. This is a film I thoroughly enjoyed. It's just about depressing, go-nowhere people mm-hmm. and uh, them stumbling into intrigue and murder, which I just found to be very entertaining and then surprisingly uh, poignant and sort of effective emotionally. Yeah. By the time it all wrapped up. Yeah. Baby One Below says, check it out. iTunes, 99 cents. What do you got to lose? Kid Detective. It's got that kid from the OC in it. Everybody loved him back in the 2000s. Just get it. Welcome to the OC, bitch. This is how it's done in Orange County. He was in Cop Out. Oh, God. (laughs) Nobody would have remembered that if that was true. You could just get away with that lie. (laughs) It's the truth. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Uh, The rundown is of our first buddy cop comedy of the fucking month. And one of the most star-studded buddy cop movies of all time. We're talking about 1989's Tango and Cash. That's a good one. This is a film with a runtime of 104 minutes. Uh, sounds right to me. The pretty hefty budget of $53 million. I don't know if that's before or after they went $20 million over budget making it, uh, but mm. 
But that's one of the figures I got. Uh, like my question is fifty million. Okay, that's, right, yeah. that's covering our stars. Mm-hmm. What about the special yeah, how, effects? How much? Are, what about all those explosions? Yeah, we got a lot Where of stuff to blow from? up here. This is an '80s action film. Luckily, this uh, is a film that uh, grossed 120 million, so it, it got its damn, money back. It? it got its money back. Tango and Cash was a uh, maybe interesting. We'll say this was a 1989 film, but also it was mm. a film released on the last release day in the last week of December in 1989. So this is technically the last 80s film. Last ever. 80s action movie. Last 80s, 80s movie film period. ever. That's big shoes yeah, to fill. big shoes to fill right here. Yeah. This is uh, a film whose director was a Russian man named Andrei Konchalovsky. Russian man. He's apparently a Russian stage director. Uh, and Olympic ice skater. He uh, directed what I've heard referenced quite often as probably the best canon films movie of all time. Oh. A film called Runaway Train. The John Voight and Eric Roberts train. is a couple of guys who break out of a prison and then end up... S- jumping on a train that uh, the conductor dies on, and then they're just going like 90 miles an hour, hurtling towards their certain deaths the rest of the movie. Whoops. Our boy John P. Ryan plays the warden who's uh, yeah. hunting them in a helicopter. I watched this thing last oh. night because uh, after I watched the tango and cash, and I was like, I'm going to check this thing out. This is a phenomenal movie, yeah? Runaway Train. Fucking, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Huh. This is another one I give two thumbs up to. Nice. Check this shit out. You get a young Rebecca de Mornay trapped Ooh. on that train with them, and they're just like pushing her around and slapping her a bunch and stuff. It's pretty brutal. You know the pretty old brutal. saying, de Mornay makes me in the mood for sex. Excuse me. I'm Rebecca de Mornay from the homeless shelter. Oh, hi. Are you the ones leaving those muffin pieces behind our shelter? You've been enjoying them? They're just stops. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're perfectly edible. Oh, so you just assume that the homeless will eat them? They'll eat anything? No, no, no we no, just no. started. I know it's a thought. Good. They don't have homes. They don't have jobs. What do they need the top of a muffin for? They're lucky to get the stump. If the homeless don't like them, the homeless don't have to eat them. The homeless okay? don't like them. Fine. We've never right. gotten so many complaints. Every two minutes, where's the top of this muffin? Who ate the rest of this? We were just trying to help. Why don't you just drop off some chicken skins and lobster shells? I think I'm Also, he did a film, apparently, that I, I have not gotten around to yet, called Homer and Eddie. Where okay. Jim Belushi plays a mentally handicapped man it's, alongside Whoopi Goldberg, who plays a homicidal killer. Gotta be good. It's some sort of like road trip movie. Gotta be so good. I'm check that one out. Do you, do you think it's better than that uh, Zach Galifianakis and Iron Man yes. road trip yes. movie? I don't even need to hear oh, <laughs> the rest of what wow. you were saying. Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. All right. Oh, man. I saw that movie and I don't remember a single second of it other than. My feeling I had when I was walking out of it, just uh, thinking to myself, like, oh, I wish I hadn't have watched that. <sighs> that was that was a painful couple of hours for me. I think Danny McBride makes a funny like Applebee's or Chili's joke in that movie. <laughs> That's all I can. Funny. It's probably all I can pretty tell funny. You actually, I'm gonna check that one again. Yeah. So Andre Konchalovsky directed this film until he got fired by the producer. Oh no! Like three quarters of the way through, Sylvester or whatever. Stallone. Who they were fighting with the entire time. No, apparently Stallone was not. Uh, other than the fact that Stallone showed up to set and immediately fired this guy's cinematographer and brought on his own guy. Apparently, him and Stallone got along pretty okay after okay. this. Okay. And the producer was the one who apparently wanted to make this much more of a comedy and kept doing rewrites and reshoots and yeah. trying to ramp up the wackiness and the yeah. happiness. 
And Kontralovsky wanted to do something much more of like a lethal weapon movie. Yeah, something that was like kind of entertaining and fun, but not a comedy, not a parody. Eventually they butted heads to the point where they had to kick him off the set. Oh, no. And then they brought in uh, Albert Magnoli. Okay. Who directed Purple Rain and a handful of Prince's videos. He finished shit up and then did some more reshoots. Where they just completely redid the ending and also shot an entirely new opening seg- sequence. So, like, the bookends okay. are all this guy's shit. And then in the middle, you get, like, a Russian, Andrei Konchalovsky's Russian sort meat of for the half vision that he was fighting for the entire time. And also Peter McDonald, mm. Stallone's ringer from Rambo 3. Okay. Apparently he was on here, like, doing Stallone's agenda shit. Like, also being a third director at some points. And then apparently the rewrites and the reshoots continued on into the editing room where there was multiple cuts from multiple editors and they took it away from all the director's editors and gave it to an entire like editing doctor who they used to just fix troubled movies that they could not nail down and edit on. So So we have no idea whose film we're watching. We have no idea whose film we're watching. Just Stallone's. Yeah, this is Stallone's vision. It's 89, Stallone's involved. You know he's got ultimate say. And as we'll get into this movie, we'll see that he had some agendas when he was making this movie. Yeah, he always does. This is not just a romp for him. This is him trying to do something. He's always got an X to grind. Which brings us to the stars of this film. Number one, we do have Sly Stallone in this film as Ray Tango, a fancy lad narcotics cop Mm. who's all classy and intellectual and rich and whatnot. Yep. Uh, We've covered him before. We know him. We know him. He was Stud in the softcore porno, The Party at Kitty and Studs. We know that he was Detective Rick Daly on an episode of Kojak. And uh, one of his most iconic roles, probably, he played a character named Rocky Balboa in a movie called Creed II. Which a lot of people. Oh, enjoy I haven't seen that part. Yeah, it's pe- yeah. people. That sounds. People good. seem to like what he did in that movie. Is this character Rocky Balboa? So. What I like, an intellectual type. In that? I would assume so. Yeah. yeah, from watching this one, it seems like that's sort of the the archetype yeah. of the character he plays. Like put together, slick, real intellectual. I assume he's doing that in most movies. Hey, while flipping around the other night, uh-huh. uh, I saw Amazon had uh, Cliffhanger in 4K. Ooh. Yeah, I watched that. I had to have looked gorgeous for that. Had to have looked gorgeous. All the way to old girl dropping that teddy bear. Looks amazing. That opening shot. Dramatic thing that's ever happened in a helicopter shots for no reason. Who was paying for that? I think like the Danish government or something is what was going on. I think Rennie Harlan got a lot of European government grants to to make his films. TriStar Films, I think. Kurt Russell is also in this film. We got a big doubleheader. Two huge stars in one movie. He's playing the character Gabriel Cash. That's a cool name, AKA too. Gabe Cash. That's a really who's cool Who's a name. gritty and rough narcotics cop who wears cowboy boots and drives a Corvette. Pretty much the opposite of fucking Ray Tango, if you ask me. He's a cool guy. We know him from playing the character Boy Kicking Mike in uh-huh. the Elvis movie. It happened at the World's Fair. Yeah. I think is one of the first things we remember he from. Kick that Mike. We remember as being Dexter in the Disney film, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also we remember him being slick and hilarious and fast-talking in the criminally underrated comedy Used Cars. Yeah. There's Rudy Russo, the scumbag used car salesman. He's also that... Or people need to check that one out. He's all that... Also this is a Zemeckis that, film, I think. He's a jungle Tarzan boy in that episode of uh, Gilligan's Island. Very impressive resume. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the point we're making here. Keep an eye out for him is what I'm saying. Speaking of impressive resumes, Terry Hatcher is in this film Ooh. as Catherine Kiki Tango, Tango's stripper sister... 
This is those didn't look like resumes. They look like resumes of the 1990s. Maybe here. D's. She played the character Becky Fox in the Tarantino ripoff Two Days in the Valley. That was a big disappointment to everybody who was into Tarantino films at the time. She played Becky Fox in Superman and Becky Fox. She was yes, of course, Lois Lane in Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman. Oh, I was way off. But what I remember her most from, and it will be burned into my mind. Mm-hmm. Forever is that she got her boobs out playing uh, some sort of femme fatale mm. in a New Orleans set crime film called Heaven's Prisoners. Oh, okay. And they were big disappointments. Were they? Total pancakes. Oh. After she famously bragged about how spectacular her natural boobs looked on an episode oh. of Seinfeld. You know that Jane Mansfield had some big breasts. <laughs> Really big, huge, just coming out the top of her dress. They're like choking her. I hear that's how she died. (laughs) Have you noticed that women today are, you know, they seem bigger? Well, a lot of women are having them done. Really? Yeah. How do you like that? A lot of people ask me if I've had mine done. Ah, you know, people. (laughs) (laughs) Gets a little tiring. It's Uh, really none of their business. Oh, the nerve. (laughs) You know, some people have asked me if you've uh, done that. What do you tell them? Whatever you want me to tell them. (laughs) Well, I think you'll find out soon enough. Oh, there's no emergencies. Jerry, come on, it's an emergency! Excuse me. All right. What is it? You're interrupting. Oh, well, you know, I'm uh, I'm packing for Puerto Rico. I need to borrow your bathing suit. This is an emergency? You need a bathing suit? Well, I like yours. Then she goes on to one year later pull out a couple of deflated pancakes and heaven's prisoners breaking my like 12 year old heart just like what's what's we've been building these things up for I'll, the last three years and then this is all i get i'll have to google what they look like i'll probably be into them i mean yeah they look good to me now right when you look at them when you're 12 you're like well that's true i'm not into mom boobs yet that's i'm still fair. into young yeah. young lady boobs or I think that giant boltons are okay. Because <laughs> I'm 12 and that's all had, I've seen. I never had that phase. I'm still waiting for that phase to yeah, happen to me. I think fair. I'm going to get there. And by the way, they're real oh. and they're spectacular. Jack Palance is in this movie. Oh, shit. As Eve's parrot. He's pretty much the top crime boss in all the land. Uh, he was very memorably another crime boss, dickhead Irishman in a little film I like to call Young Guns. Never heard of it. Oh, maybe you've heard of another one of his iconic roles then. He played the character Duke in City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. Young Guns 2 I've one. heard of. Yeah, he was not in Young Guns 2. They had to kill Murphy in the first one. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Young Guns, get the fuck off my lawn. Also, he played Voltan in a really goofy 80s fantasy film called Hawk the Slayer, which I watched on Amazon Prime maybe like a few months into quarantine in 2020. Oh, oh. I was just like, I don't know why I'm still watching this, but I'm going to rock this out to the end. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. 
Brian James, a favorite character actor of ours, BJ. is in this film as Requeen. Uh, Requeen. 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 He's Palantir's goon. He's Palantir's number one yeah. ponytailed goon. This guy uh, played the character Solomon Box on the early 90s Fox action drama Mantis, uh-huh. which I know everybody who listens to this is going to be a big fan of. Yeah. That was a big deal that like first week it came That's out. That's right. I, I was over the moon for it. I was like, it, a, a guy in some Mantis? sort of robo suit called Mantis? This sounds great. It's like a comic book on TV. He's also Sergeant Krasnov and Red Scorpion, a Dolph Lundgren oh, film hell yeah. that we're big fans of. Yeah. And uh, he was one of the Swamp Hillbillies. Speaking of Swamp oh. Hillbilly shit, and Southern Comforts. Yeah. Uh, fucking criminally underrated yeah. Walter Hill film. That was a good kind of like Deliverance that's not boring. Going right. on that one. James Hong is in this film mm-hmm. as Quan, the chief of the LA Triad. Mm-hmm. We, he was fucking Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China. This guy's a legend. Pan. I want you to give this guy the respect. Right? Also, he was also in an episode of Seinfeld. He was in an episode of Seinfeld. Just like Terry Hatcher. Also, he played Cassandra's father, Jeff, in Wayne's World 2. That's true. Very memorably. Yeah. Also, perhaps the king of the sequels? Because he also showed up as oh. Booger's new mentor, Snotty, in Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. Does in, he? In a role that I don't remember I that at all. when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. They start having, like, loogie hawking contests and something. It's real gross, Matt. I think I got to watch that second one real again. Real gross. I oh, it's that. a great one. It's got, it's got a Courtney Thorne Smith in it. It's just a delight. I watched that first one. Far too many times as like oh, yeah. a young kid. That's the one with all the nudity. Like that's the one. You, five that's or the one you six. really want to be watching. Like I had no business watching that movie Maybe as often. You want to be spending most of your time watching that one. Yeah. Robert Zadar is in this film as the character Face. He's a convict Face. with a grudge against Tango because of all the police brutality that happens in this movie. We saw him playing the character Matt Cordell in Maniac Cop Two, which he was, we covered. Yeah, he was Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop. He was the character Reggie in A Gnome Named Norm, which was uh, not a movie I've ever seen. That was a nice one. But uh, another movie I did see that he was in, he was Zavik in Beastmaster 2, Through the Portal of Time, oh. which is not as good as Beastmaster. It's really? a weird sequel. Wow. Weird sequel. He's the guy with the weird big jaw that looks yeah. like a cartoon caricature of Scott Hall. You've seen him. You've seen him in 80s action movies. Or if Jay Leno got... Blasted with gamma radiation. Oh, man, that'd be fucking sweet. You just get Jay Leno doing a bunch of cycles, yeah. grow his hair out into a ponytail. Hey, speaking of people looking like crazy. Oh, you could talk uh, about Clint Howard being in this movie? Uh, well, well yeah, you can go ahead. I mean, he's in this movie as the character Slinky, Tango's crazy cellmate. Yeah. He's Ron Howard's even weirder looking little brother. Uh, he was Gregory Tudor in The Ice Cream Man, he was Slim in Carnosaur. He was Hinkley in Santa's with Muscles, and he was Mr. Yeah. Toothache in The Dentist 2. He's got to be in an episode of Seinfeld. What do you tip a chamberlain? <laughs> I don't know. Five bucks a night. No. Dollar. Two tops. Hey, you guys aren't cuffed. What are you, narcs? Narcs, I imagine. <laughs> Us narcs. No, no, no. No, actually, uh, we're uh, friends of a serial killer. That's very nice. Oh, thank you. Suspected serial killer. He didn't actually do it. Yeah, well, we don't think. We're pretty sure. A dollar? A night? Yeah, that's a good tip. Oh, that stinks. I read it in Landers. I am Landers. Sucks. 
Who are we talking about looking crazy otherwise? Kurt Russell's kid. Oh, Wyatt Russell? Yeah. That's right. It finally dawned on me. Mm -hmm. He looks like Owen Wilson playing Kurt Russell in a movie. That's exactly what he brings to the table, and and I'm I'm here for it. That's a weird, weird thing, man. He looks... uh, he looks much more towards the Kurt Russell spectrum when you, when you get like a nice beard on his face. Yeah, he looks he's good like, with the beard. They, they and the shaved hair. him in that new Marvel uh, right. Marvel uh, show, and yeah. he sort of sort of looks a little bit more towards it's the Owen Wilson hard, level. It's hard to look like, at. Not really sure if this I buy this guy as an action hero when he doesn't have the beard on his face. Yeah. this is what's going on yeah. with him. He shouldn't have gone for that Dignan look. Tagline of this film: Two of LA's top rival cops are going to have to work together. Even if it kills them. Oh. Plot of this film. Let's find oh. out why it might kill them. We're yeah. Together. What I'm intrigued. What's going on here? A little plot summary here. Ray Tango and Gabriel Cash uh-huh. are narcotics detectives who, while both being extremely successful, can't stand each other. Oh, how's this movie going to work? Crime Lord Eve Parrott, furious at the loss of income that Tango and Cash have caused him, frames the he two really for is. murder. Caught with the murder weapon on the scene of the crime, the two have no alibi. Oh. Thrown into prison with most of the criminals they helped convict, it appears that they are going to have to trust each other if they are to clear their names and catch the evil parrot. It's pretty straightforward. That's, pretty straightforward. Yeah. I don't even we know, need to go into our next segment, bullet points, where we yeah, go through our notes. We go down all the bullet points of everything that jumped out to us when we were... Watching this movie, but you know, maybe we'll do it quick. We'll race through this anyways. We might, we might be able to bring some insight to the table. Yeah. Uh, what was your first bullet point when you were watching Tango and Cash? Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. Yeah, apparently this is as as I learned after watching it, going yeah. to be the new opening that was filmed for the movie. Mm. I wonder what that original opening was going to be. It's probably a lot more erotic. But yeah, we got fucking what's he in like a. Cadillac convertible, nah, fucking sliced alone. I was trying to make it out. It Those looked like shitty a shitty '80s. Looked like a Dodge emblem, which makes mm. me think he had a LeBaron. Oh, oh could, could have been a LeBaron. Lay George, lay car. He's out in some sort of desert highway, chasing down a rogue fucking semi that's being driven by Robert Zadar. We got yeah. a police chopper overhead. We're thrown N media res directly into some action. Yeah, that must have been the mandate. To give him to the second director, just like, you're going to need to put a lot more action in this thing because it's pretty boring as I'm watching it, man. You got it. I don't care if it, it makes up, any bro. sense, if it has anything to do with the rest of the movie. No. I don't care if we're doing like a prison escape movie for most of this and then suddenly you introduce a supercar out of nowhere. Yeah. And that's a direction we go in just as a complete right turn. I don't see how we do could something. Get there, but do like, something yeah. with this fucking movie because it's boring the pants off of me when this fucking Russian guy's in charge of shit. Well, luckily, fucking. Bill Huskerdo showed up and mm-hmm. filmed this new intro because, boy, we're off to the races yeah, here, we man. Are. Uh, Stallone's just like, I gotta pull this check over. That's pretty much yeah, it. He's, he's, he's. I think you're doing him a little bit of a disservice because he's a he's an articulate, uh, oh, that's intellectual right. yeah. who likes to play the stock market. And I've got to pull this check over. Lots of real estate investments and stuff going on here. Yeah. He's wearing. He's wearing eyeglasses through the whole movie, Matt. He's yeah. dressed in Armani suits. This is not some sort of meathead. I don't know why you're trying to make him sound like some sort of meathead he when does, you're doing that impression. He does that same weird enunciating that he does not stop or my mom will shoot. Uh-huh. And Oscar. 
my favorite Sly Stallone movie. Well, I always got a fucking yeah, rep definitely. for Oscar right there. Is that the one where he and Arnold Schwarzenegger get pregnant? That's hilarious. Just <laughs> love that movie. Half that movie's just them fucking each other. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what's going to happen when the babies come out? Oh, and out of where? One of the first things I wrote down during this action chase scenario we got going here is that the soundtrack of this movie yeah. is... One of the worst Axel F. Casio keyboard ripoffs yeah. that I've ever heard. And this was the era of really bad Axel F. ripoff score decisions yeah. the studios were making. This sounds like the director's kid, probably like. He just like put a Casio in front of him and was like, give me something that sounds like Beverly Hills Cop. We're gonna, Good enough. We're going to fun up this, this, this movie, movie a little bit. And reading afterwards, there was some score fucking problems. Oh, no. They had to add it at the last minute. Yeah, just make some new score for this thing because the other one wasn't working or whatever. Might have been what happened. I tell you what, there were no problems with the score in that opening intro to Cliffhanger that I watched. No, no, no. sweeping, yeah, just, sweeping oh, orchestral score in that one. Goodness. Pretty much the opposite of what we got going on here. But. But Tango's fucking zigging and zagging. He gets around the semi eventually yeah. and then gets out way in front of it. Does a sweet just like little burnout stop yep. blocking the whole road. And we're gonna, this guy's casual as fuck. Cool, mm-hmm. calm, and collected because he just gets out, pulls out a pretty unimpressive looking little six shooter revolver. Yep. And then just casually just starts shooting at this semi as it's rocketing directly towards him. Just it- slowly, not frantically. Yeah. One bullet goes into the windshield. Another one goes into the windshield. Yeah. I'm thinking, this is a bad plan. You're about to just get ran over by a semi, man. It's a good chance. All this guy's got to do is duck down a little and just, like, do that peeking over the steering wheel thing yeah. and just run you down. Right, because you're shooting at the front of a uh, cab-over engine truck. Mm-hmm. That's right. So all he's got to do is just coming hunker and, down. Coming at you with the high ground. Yeah. Can... No. No. Last second, like, I think, I don't know, Stallone might be down to his, his last bullet. Does he get oh, six shots no. out? Either way, he's right before the semi, last minute, wouldn't be able to stop and plow through him. Robert Zadar just fucking hits that Jake break, man, and that mm-hmm. thing just comes screeching to a fucking halt. And he's like, fuck, I can't run down Sylvester Stallone because I'm so intimidated by what a badass he is. Yeah. These two bad guys go flying through the windshield. That's how sudden it is. It's like those old crash test dummy commercials. They they basically murder themselves to avoid murdering sliced alone. This is the first thing that happens in this film, the first of many. Mm -hmm. They make zero sense from from any any angle I can look at it. I don't know. I don't know if you got an explanation for me as to what's going on here or not. Nope. Okay. okay. Nope. (laughs) Sheriff's Department shows up. And they're just like, hey, city guy. You're out of your jurisdiction. Right. Oh, these desert cops all are really reading him the riot. Gas in this truck. You're an idiot. You said there was drugs all over it. We searched it with our desert cop fucking skills. Yeah. Fucking, we haven't found any drugs. You're off the case, chief. They're all like, go back to the city where you have sex with other men. That's right. Also, uh, we get the first of our like quips here. Where uh, I think I think I think it's Zadar who after he's. Getting drug away, almost lifeless, tells uh, Stallone, "Fuck you!" And he retorts, "I prefer blondes." Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so, this is gonna be I a very quippy blonde. movie. Is another thing that we need to establish here. I prefer blonde. So that's just Stallone is gonna have a lot of sarcastic remarks for yeah. a lot of people. 
But also, he's going to showboat a little bit more because he just shoots the fuel tank of this truck and cocaine just starts pouring out of the bullet hole. And he's like, oh, you didn't check the fuel tanks to see if they were full of cocaine, did you, yeah. you, you dumb idiots? Oh, and it was after the... He's like, anybody want to get high? Yeah. Uh, and that, he shot it because the sheriff was like, mm-hmm. who's this guy think he is, Rambo? Oh, To which your response, Rambo is a pussy. And was this a trailer line? I think I might remember. Uh, this line was, uh, I remembered it. And I was trying to think like, right? was this in the trailers? Was this in every trailer? I'm not sure. Like, did they like beep it out or did they just edit it with Rambo as a pansy? But this is, yeah, this pussy. is the, the first thing you're saying. Like, Stallone in this movie is clearly got an agenda where he's like, we're heading into the 90s. I've been one of the kings of the 80s over-the-top action thing. Times are changing, and I'm going to get ahead of it. I'm going to show everybody I can play a different sort of character. Yeah. I'm going to show people that I'm not just Rambo. Right. I'm going to cut off my long hair. I'm going to put on a suit and some glasses. Also, he's... So much smaller in this movie. Still vascular. Than he was in even like the Rocky movies where he was like not Rambo jacked. Yeah. But like here he's just like, he's vascular, but he just kind of looks like, I mean, really him and Kurt Russell, who was never known for his crazy physique, are almost on par in this movie. In terms of size He just looks like maybe like a guy who takes good care of himself. Yeah. With maybe just like a little twinge of extra veins going, but he lost a ton of mass to play this role. And I'm just like, this is all just got to be, this whole movie probably is Stallone's master plan to like show that he can be a different type of character and just like jettison his career to where he wanted to go next, which was probably like towards stop your model shoot. He's like, I got Stallone's master plans go. I have to look professional. Like I could play a judge one day. Right. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work for no? most of this movie, oh, in my no. opinion. It doesn't oh. work for most of the... You know who else this character isn't working for? Eve's parents, because oh. after this scene, we cut, to, mad. we cut to Jack Palance fucking just chewing scenery, hissing. Yep. He hisses every word that comes out of his yeah. mouth in this entire fucking movie. He's just going, Tango Cash! Cash Tango. He's fucking he's very upset. His teeth look like he's made out of rotting wood. He's like in the back of a limo or something. Yeah. James Hong's here. Some guy named Lopez is also here. Right. We're establishing Tango and Cash have ruined every drug plan he's come up with. Yeah. And he's sick of it. He's going to find a way to get rid of these two fucking so and sos. I love that, like. That's it. Like that's really what he's mad about. He's just like these guys have cost me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go any further than that. We've learned who Tango is, but who's this Cash? He's talking about Matt. This we haven't met, we haven't met anybody named Cash in this movie. Gabe Cash. Well, he's uh, you know, he's heard about old Ray Tango. Oh yeah, that's he's, right. He's reading all about him in his apartment. A couple of front page stories. Yeah. Tango's has got the bigger the bigger fonts. He's, yeah. he's at the top of the page. Fucking old Cash's is down in the corner. He doesn't really like that. That's right. He gets a little hot. Yeah, they're both making drug busts, though. Fucking like, it's just Fuck like, yeah. hell yeah, we're fucking busting yeah. all these fucking drug guys. We're fucking taking them in. Fucking cops yeah. are awesome. He's like, I don't gotta be a fancy boy like that Ray Tango. Anybody who's into drugs is fucking evil. They're going down all of them. 
uh, who might be going down, though, is also Cash, because we barely even met this guy coming into his apartment reading the newspaper when yeah. suddenly there's an assassin that kill him. Oh. Which is weird, because he sort of looks at himself in, like, a mirror he's got up on, like, the door going into yeah. his bedroom or something. Yeah. And then this assassin, uh, Asian guy with a crew cut, just busts through the mirror. So I was like... The mirror's not attached to the door. The door is the mirror. Turns out the door was made completely out of mirror. mirror. I don't know. That doesn't seem like very good. You can't be making doors out of mirror. Like you need something sturdier than that. Coming out of the eighties, it was a weird. You need to make some wood. (laughs) So this is another thing where I'm just like, well, that was just for a cool visual in this movie, and it makes absolutely no sense in reality (laughs) what is happening right now. Everything was designed with coke in mind back then. There was. I'm guessing. There was a lot. We don't get as much baby oil as I would have liked on That's this because the physiques, like I, like I'm saying, we're we're leaving the '80s. The physiques aren't what's getting shown as much in this thing, but uh, yet we're seeing there's still a lot of blow on the set here. Oh there's yeah, still, there's seemingly a lot of cocaine Plenty. getting passed around Plenty. when they're making Tango and Cash. Speaking of a uh, cocaine, old boy attacker, mm-hmm. he's like, I gotta run now. Because uh, I didn't kill yeah, he him. He shoots a couple times. Yeah. Did he hit him? It seemed like he hit him. But then like... No, no. I didn't see like a oh, that's right. vest get established he, or anything. Oh, he does get hit. He gets a, he, he does take a I couple thought. of the chest. But then he jumps over his own railing and shoots him with the boot gun. Wait. The, the what, Matt? The boot gun. Wait. What is a boot gun? I'm sorry. I'm not following What you. it's a boot is he's got a boot that shoots. <laughs> Are you saying he's got, say, maybe like a cowboy boot? Because this is a guy who's not going to be dressing all fancy. Like, he's probably wearing a cowboy boot, I would imagine. Absolutely. As, as opposed to Ray Tango's uh, fancy Armani shoes or whatever. That's right. And he's got a, maybe like a mini shotgun built into the heel of his cowboy boot? It's a something. It's a full gun in his shoe. Somebody shot a uh, boot gun at me. What I'd probably do is just run out the opposite window, even if we're on a second story, jump through that window, and yeah. then uh, crash down on a car and run away so we'd then have a foot chase. There you go. You My question to you now, work. though, is uh, yeah. if you're a lithe Asian man running away from uh, somebody you tried to kill and failed, don't you think it'd be pretty easy to outrun him when he was wearing a pair of cowboy boots that had... <laughs> Shotguns built into the soles of them. I mean, I don't think you're keeping up with anybody in a foot chase. I was that's thinking boots. that. I was like, uh, that boot's got to be toasted now, man. Like, <sighs> I, I feel like that's a one and done type thing. And also, like, if you're going to introduce something like a boot gun into a movie like this, don't do it like immediately when you're or or proceed it, the proceed it with place. the character where you've learned about the existence of the boot gun, set it up and then pay it off. Or maybe if it's meant to be a surprise, then immediately go to a scene where we explain yeah. what the boot gun was and how it came to be. Hey, is, is that what happens in this movie? Matt? Hey, here's this new guy in the movie. He's got guns in his boot. Just deal with <laughs> that it. Happened? it no. no, 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 no. And I'm looking at my notes and that, that isn't what happens. Yeah. We don't. After this, it goes should say that just deal with it. Explains the boot gun. Yeah. No, we get a foot chase that then goes into a car park. Hell yeah! And then the Asian guy uh, jumps into Marty McFly's four x four truck. Is yep. what happens. Yep. He starts tearing ass around this thing. 
almost runs over a hobo lady who's pushing, which sure does. I love any sort of action movie where you get a scene where somebody pushing a fucking cart full cart of full cans, cans almost yeah. gets taken over, but yeah. you get to see the whole cart full of cans get taken out. <sighs> Such great action movie trope right here. Tanga or no Cash, we're with Cash still. Yeah. He steals some guy's car. This is right. a commandeering, a cop commandeering an automobile. We've seen too many action movies. I think we've only seen this a couple times. Like, hilariously, somebody not wanting their car taken from them by a cop, but it yeah. happens anyway. Remember it happened in Speed. We covered that one. I remember Tracy, now. Tracy Morgan's uh, commandeer somebody's bike in the hit film Cop Out. <laughs> <laughs> Commandeering a bike. That's, uh, that's, that's going against expectations. That's oh. less dramatic than oh. something that happened in a cop <laughs> movie. That sounds hilarious. I think I might have gone through all of my memorable knowledge of Cop Out from the other night. So these guys are tearing ass through this parking garage. They're smashing into everything. Uh, weirdly, the lot Mar- of Marty McFly's truck is like taking out all of the neon lights that hang from the ceiling of this thing. And I'm yeah. just like, well, how'd they get into the thing if the truck's so tall that it's smashing all of the lights out when, when they're trying to leave the thing? Good question. Uh, good question. Does it get answered? Because no. uh, fucking, I don't know. If somehow, the spatial logistics of it are never really clear to me. But uh, old cash, like rear ends a car that then goes into the fucking path of where Marty McFly's truck is yeah. and an Asian guy fucking smashes into it and then he's all taken out and Cash is just like, ooh, you got like headache problems or something because the guy's yeah. skull is split open because of the horrible car, yeah. car wreck he was just in. Do you have CTE, loser? Yeah, something, something like funny that. like that. So we're learning that even though Tango and Cash might dress a little bit differently... Uh, they love a good quip. At their core, they're both essentially the exact same character who quips while doing police brutality. Yeah, yeah. So, Cop, so. police work second, mm-hmm. quip work first. Matt, my next bullet point. Oh, real quick, in uh, that car uh, chase inside of the garage. Sure, sure, We yeah. also get that couple banging in the back of a car. Oh, yeah. first a glimpse of titties. titties. People are like, what's all that noise? Let's look up. We were banging. The chick had her titty out. That's how you know. It was a good titty. I think it was the only natural titty we get in this movie. I think the rest of them later on were all bolt-ons. Sounds right. Yeah, sounds about right. But my next, speaking of, my next uh, bullet point is Tango's slutty sister. We've got we've to meet her. Catherine. She's trying to convince him she should be able to go on some sort of dance tour, and he's yeah. not having it. Two-week dance tour yeah, or uh-huh. some shit. Which uh, is a weird setup here immediately, because yeah. we learn this is his little sister, and I'm like... No, I didn't tell you that. Well, I'm just like, who is this? That's the thing. I'm yeah. just like, what's this relationship? Like, Wait, who's Why this is he so cooked? Woman? Like, is he dating a stripper? Yeah. But then like, we learn that it's like his sister, and I'm, and I'm just like... Well, why is this grown woman asking her brother for permission to, like, take a job? I think she's got (laughs) Asperger's. There's some weird issues going on here where, like, they're acting like Terry Hatcher is, like, I don't know, like, their parents died and she was still underage. So the older brother had to, like, see through the rest of her, like, adolescence or something. But that's not what's going on here. It's just... Two adult siblings having yeah. some weird, like, codependent relationship throughout yeah. this whole fucking movie. There's uh, the prequel to this movie mm-hmm. is just unbelievable. Oh, I'd love to see just it. Maybe one it of these up. days. It's just called uh, Kiki and Ray. Kiki and Ray. Yeah. They only made it in Russia, though. <laughs> uh, Stallone's trying very hard, especially in this scene, to sound like intelligent and well spoken yeah. while he's lecturing her about like responsibility and Real stuff. Struggle. And here. I'm just like, oh, he's he's putting it on thick here, yeah. trying to like not be Rocky or Rambo. <laughs> he's trying very hard. Uh, 
props for the effort. Yeah, he's like, you only know pi to the fifth decimal. Yeah, this is this is not Sly. what we come to Sly Stallone movies yeah. for, and this is going to be the beginning of a rough '90s for him, where he is just going against the stream, constantly trying to give us things he read the room wrong. that are not what we come he to Sly Stallone wrong. movies for. Yeah, he should have paid attention to his buddy Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. who was like. I'm just going to the children's movies. That's right. Also, we should have paid attention to his buddy, oh, the stockbroker, because we learn in this scene that something's not going well with his stock portfolio. Oh, Jesus. Not just to let stocks. you know, he has a stock oh, portfolio. God. Only fancy people trade fucking stocks. Oh, this is my favorite part after here. Uh, cash is a slob going on right here. Comes into the police precinct. He's riding up in the elevator, and he's like, I got shot. Good thing I had his vest on. That's right. I'm taking my shirt off. Yeah, I'm not gonna wear a shirt anymore. Shirt. Hey, what's that pizza? Tore up. (laughs) Some guy. What's weird because as he's going into the police precinct, a pizza delivery man is leaving the police precinct. Yeah. With a pizza box that is open. Wide open. And half of the pizza has been eaten. Yeah. So he's like, oh, let me get a slice of that before you. I don't know. Deliver the uneaten portion of the pizza back to the pizza place. <laughs> like, what was happening here? Was the pizza involved in a crime? <laughs> Has this pizza delivery guy just been ordered? Like, oh yeah, we got four floors in this. Uh, like, just we're ordering a pizza, them? but we could only afford one. So just walk yeah. around with it and just uh, act like you're a cocktail waitress yeah. and just hold it above your head until all the slices are taken, and then we'll tip you at the end. See if any shirtless we'll cops walk through and want a piece turns out there was one yeah looked like there was some jardiner mix going on on that pizza when he grabbed it and i was like this is oh. an this is an la i know what jardiner mix is out there i think that's a chicago thing did uh I'm so kind of impressed did uh joe montengia or whatever start his oh. chicago restaurant yet? could have been he could have he could have had some sort of chicago yeah. goods store at least gone on yeah. going on out there oh, he's in, got a restaurant out in la that's that's very impressive. Where you can get deep dish pizza and Italian beef. I bet, I bet a lot of people go do that and they're very disappointed by how that food isn't all that special. Probably. I don't know. Beefs are kind of fun. Well, if one done right. Yeah, you gotta, gotta make it wet. We always say. That's right. Gotta dip that thing. That's right. Pops, not Portillo's. Oh, Portillo's. It's, 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 it's a shame. It's become a tourist trap. They've, yeah. they've franchised themselves out. Everybody still thinks you go to the, the Portillo's. No, if you're in Chicago. I'm up in Al's before I'm going to go to the fucking Portillo's. If you're in Chicago, go to the Al's before you go to fucking Portillo's. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're just like, hey, we got that China guy that you fucking arrested, but we can't interrogate him because he doesn't know any English. Yeah. Cash is like, this guy knows fucking English. He knows all the you English. You can't kid a kidder. No. Uh, let me interrogate him, uh, which I will do in the bathroom. Where there seems to be like a semi permanent like table and chairs, yeah, and that was weird. Locker huh? set up inside of the bathroom. Yeah, are they? Uh, they're interrogating all their people in the bathroom, or is this sort of like a Fonzie and Happy Days situation, where like specifically <sighs> Cash does all of his interrogating in the bathroom? <laughs> Step into my office. Whoa, this it was really weird. It was clearly <laughs> he the goes men's into the bathroom. Room. Uh, the guy's just in there alone, peeing at a urinal, like not handcuffed or anything. <laughs> 
usually, at least in this situation, like they go into an interrogation room and the right. guy's like still handcuffed to the to the table or something. Like we saw a Sean Connery situation yeah. last week when The Rock was going on. Yeah. This is like, and then there's maybe a negotiation like, right. oh, I'm playing the good cop. Uh, let me loosen up those cuffs for you or something. Right. That doesn't happen here. We've got a half interrogation room, half bathroom, and before you know it, police brutality's happening. Yeah, not like the uh, opening scene of Cop Out where Tracy Morgan's mm-hmm. playing bad cop yeah. and questioning that guy. Right, no, it's also, nothing like police that. brutalizes And this isn't some sort of weird interrogation that room that has like a couple of urinals on the wall in case like the guy needs to pee during a long interrogation because yeah. as he's got a chair on this guy's throat and he's choking him to death... Another cop comes in to like use the bathroom and it's like, whoa, shit's going on. I'm going to go pee somewhere else or something. So the criminals and the cops are using the same public restroom. Wish (laughs) nobody's got any any restraints on. Wish Gabriel Cash would quit questioning people in here. Oh, we got rooms for that. I got to assume this is just a Fonzie situation where he's like, this is my thing. I do it in the bathroom because I'm so quirky and weird. Maybe there was a cut scene where this is explained to us in one version of the mini scripts or mini cuts of this movie that existed. Who's Who's to to say? say? But he, he chokes this guy until finally he's like, all right, I know some fucking English. Uh, yeah. I don't know who the guy who hired me is, but there's supposed to be some sort of meeting tonight at 9 o'clock. Maybe go check it out. He's like, cool, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Palance's bad guy lair is the next thing uh, I think we go to here. Uh, he's, yeah. He's watching a wall of TVs in some sort of villain's lair. He's yeah. just, in each one of them, he's just got like different footage of Tango and Cash doing drug busts on it. Yeah, he's got a lot of footage. He's just working himself up, just watching, watching all tape. of his failures. Yeah. This guy's got a real obsession. The music here for the first time has changed a little bit. It's gotten like real sinister and dark. It's okay. like... Sounds like you're. It's like a Nintendo game when you've like stepped into like uh, maybe like a boss's stage Ooh, or something. Suddenly, spooky, yeah. scary, spooky, scary. Something's yeah. lurking around the corner. He's got those rats. <laughs> he's 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 got little well, like he calls them mice. mice. Those are those uh, are medium breed rats. We learn here. We see it several times that he's got like a maze on his his bad guy villain desk and he's obsessed cool. with putting these mice through the maze he's always using the mice going into a maze as a metaphor and yeah. this is the first of many scenes that are very frustrating to me as a James Hong fan uh-huh. where James Hong is just like why don't we just kill these guys yeah and Jack Palance is like no you idiots I've got very complex, insane plans yeah. <laughs> that we have to carry out. Just killing them would be a bad idea. In two weeks, we won't even have to kill them. James Hong is always just like, you seem more confident than I do, so I'm going to trust that you're correct here, but also every once in a while, I'm just going to bring back up, wouldn't it be easier if we just killed these guys? It's like, I've got an elaborate way to get them behind bars. Yeah, and Palance isn't, tell you, isn't, always, even, isn't just like... Trust me, man. I got a plan. He's always just like, you shouldn't be thinking. <laughs> like He's yeah. always very condescending. And I'm like, I think you're in the wrong here. I think actually James Hong is right. I'm the old white man with money. You listen yeah. to me. He never quite explains why it'd be a bad idea to kill Tango and Cash, but he assures us it would be. Instead, it's, he's got an elaborate scheme where he's going to frame them for murder. Still the 80s. And we're going to put them behind bars. So that's what we established here. Villains are crazy. He's got mice in a maze. We're framing Tango and Cash for a murder, which brings us to the big bust. Yeah. Uh, Ray Tango's on the scene. He's uh, shadowing Leon Kowalski. That's right. He's, he's, he's uh, just a fat guy. 
No, he's which uh, guy is this guy? Leon Kowalski is from he, Blade is Runner. He, is he Brian James? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the fat guy out in the, the car that they uh, pay to like be a witness to say he saw this shit go down? Oh, I was like, where did he come from? Man. Does he have any connection? Or is he just a random fat guy who they paid to like sit in a car outside the fucking building? I, I think he might have been a cop they paid off. Okay, okay. Yeah, Tango and Cash got the same information. They both know there's some sort of deal going yeah. down in this abandoned warehouse at 9 o'clock, which is a great place always to do any criminal activities. Yeah. You always want to do it in the abandoned warehouse. At 9. They're both catting and mousing around this abandoned warehouse like, what's going to happen? Ooh, Where's the bad guys? Where's the deal going down? Ooh. And eventually they, they both sense somebody's probably around the corner. They're good cops that They're way. They're good cops that way. They got that sixth sense in their gut. They got that yeah. cop gut, which early in your career, cop gut, where you can sense things, not late in your career, cop gut, where you just yeah. don't do any of the fitness requirements anymore, and you just got a real yeah. gut going on. They're still fucking Johnny Utahs. They're not Angelo Pappas's yet, is what right. I'm telling you. Like, oh, oh, my intuition, my stomach. Oh, no, I just need more bourbon or coffee right. or yeah. both. I don't know. So they both shoot around the corners real quick and pull their guns out. Oh, and it turns out they're face-to-face. Oh. -face. It's not bad, guys. It's Tango and Cash face-to-face oh, -face for the first time Phew. in this movie. They almost blew each other's heads off. And they're like, hey, man, maybe we'll do this together. They're like, stay off my case. No, oh, stay yeah. off my case. And Stallone yeah. points his gun at fucking Kurt Russell's dick. And That's right. But eventually yeah. they get to, okay, well, well, even though we hate each other, maybe right. we'll do this case together. They're like, let's start. With this room where there's that guy at the table. Okay. Turns out he's a dead guy. Yeah, that's the big... They're like, first off, why is he dead? Second reveal, off, right. why does he have a wire taped to his chest and he's dead? Yeah. Uh, third off, oh shit, the FBI is here and they've got us surrounded and they're pointing guns at us. I like that they just, like, they found the wire on the dude and just kept talking and talking and talking. Right. They weren't just they like, sure did. what the fuck's going on here? Maybe we should shut up. Mm-hmm. They're just it's like, clearly some sort some of trap jokes. we've walked into, but Let's make some more neither of us can fucking resist making constant jokes. Nah. So we're nah. going to, it's, it's, it's another thing like, uh, Russell, he's, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's, he can do jokes here and there. Like I kind of, I kind of prefer him them. as like the over the top, like he doesn't get why he's funny, but he's funny character. Like he plays in John Carpenter movies, yeah. but he can still, like we say in used cars, like deliver a punchline. Yeah. We've always said sliced alone is not funny. He is great being earnest, 100% serious. Yeah. And this is the thing about himself that he never understood. He always thought he had to do the same thing that fucking Schwarzenegger did. Yep. Throughout the entire movies, we just watch him over and over again trying to figure out how to be funny. It's yeah. just like, you can't deliver a punchline, Stallone. I'm you don't funny. have the rhythm. And I'm cool. Yeah, you don't have the timing. You don't yeah. have the rhythm. Quit trying to do it. Which is funny, because he is cool and shit, but he's never cool when he's trying to be funny. Nope, never cool when he's yeah. trying to be funny. He doesn't know how to marriage it to. So they're like, uh, you guys are under arrest. We found your gun here. Your gun shot the guy. And he's like, oh, that's why my gun felt weird when I was at going to the police station earlier and said my gun was weird. Yeah. It's because somebody switched out my gun and is now framing me for murder. Sights are off on my Son gun. Of a bitch. So then I'm like, oh, man, is this movie going to grind to a halt now where we have to, like, go through all the, like, red tape and rigmarole of, like, how fucking Tango and Cash end up in jail because, oh, they're lawyers this and the judges that. No. 
Not at all. Oh, no? Yeah, no. The ca- the, hey, thank goodness. The captain on the case just gets a quick briefing. They hear a tape that's uh-huh. clearly that's Ray right. Tango and Gabe Cash talking, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, this is a pretty open and shut case. Yeah. Now, now let's show the newspaper. We're just going to give you a bunch of newspaper headlines telling you about everything that went wrong. <laughs> we're gonna, Tango and Cash arrested. Tango and Cash on trial. We're going to give you the newspapers showing you Tango that and Cash this is in fact in their trial. a pretty open and shut <laughs> That's case. Right. That's right. It's, yeah, somebody cut together a fake audio tape of them sounding like they killed a guy. Yeah. Turns out Jack Palance has people everywhere. Fat guy who was on the scene who I was talking about earlier gets on the stand is like, I saw the whole thing go down. I saw These guys it. did crooked shit. The audio engineer guy who made the tape. You mean did, the guy from uh, Sister Act? We, little wiener guy who plays the friar or whatever yeah. in Sister Act. He's like, I've also been paid by the bad guys to say this is a real tape and it's totally legit. These guys did it. I've also been paid to hide a whore inside of a nunnery. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's a different film. She though. was a whore in that film. Wasn't she? No, no, she was fake stripper. They don't go all the way to call oh, her that yeah, sort of yeah. burlesque performer. Oh, she was performer. a showgirl like, or something Like we in have LA. a few scenes yeah. here in this movie yeah. that we'll get to. But yeah. before that, Tango and Cash realize they've been fucked. They get together and they make a plan. Their lawyers are telling them to make a plea deal. Uh, I wrote, oh, Tango seems like he has other ideas, but then he doesn't. He's just like, no, we're going to make a plea deal. And I'm like, well, this seems like a scene that doesn't need to exist then. He could have just told us with another headline that they have to make a plea deal. I just like how the lawyers are both like, you should do this. And they're both like, Mm. "Mm, I'd feel a lot better if us idiots could talk it out first. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So they're going to take the plea deal, but then they've decided that, oh, well, Tango has decided he's going to make a statement to the judge before they they make the plea deal. And Cash is not allowed to talk because he is not, he flies off the handle a little bit. He's a little bit of a moron. Yeah. So then right before they they take this fucking guilty plea and just get just a, a sweetheart sentence, Stallone stands up and makes this real, real gross speech about how like, well, if you put one cop in jail for murdering somebody, it's a slippery slope. You have to start right. putting every cop in jail for murdering everybody. And then this great institution, oh. fucking the police departments of the United States of America, you don't want to be doing this. Think about what you're doing. He stands up and opens his big speech with, all cops aren't bad. <laughs> he literally says, every cop I've worked with is a good cop. Yeah. And there is no, like, backhanded commentary or satire going on here whatsoever. This is 100% copaganda from this movie, just being like, cops are all good yeah. until they get screwed over and fucked by the system. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> yeah. Cash is like, I know I'm not supposed to talk, but I need to have my piece fucking said, yeah. too. He gets up and he's like, this whole fucking thing sucks. Yeah. To which all the cops who are watching in the audience start cheering. The whole right. place is cheering. Everybody's loving it. Yeah. Fucking cops murder some people and they have to go to jail. That's some fucking bullshit. Bullshit. Where's that going to end? At least he alludes. He's rough around the edges, but at he least, gets his point out. Yeah. He's say he's at least being like, this is phony baloney bullshit, mm. pal. Uh-huh. At least we can stand behind that. But, you know, the judge is like, I assume some sort of deal has been made. Lady prosecutors like, yep, that's right. They're going to serve no more than 18 months in a minimum security prison here. They're basically going away on vacation. Hey, happening. also, when that Asian dude that he attacked took the stands, mm-hmm. 
Uh, why did he call him Squarecrow? Is that racist? Should I have not repeated that line? I think it was to do with his flat top more than it was anything racist. Okay. But it's, it's clearly a sort of pun with Scarecrow, but yeah. I don't know. So the square part, I thought, was because of how his hair looks. The Scarecrow okay. part, I was like... Is that a racist thing? I don't know. What's he have to do with the scarecrow? I mean, I know Al Swearingen was always calling that little Swedish girl squarehead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's clearly just a racist thing. So right. okay, that's funny. Their their heads do, did look like squares. Yeah, that whole Swedish family. So. Yeah. Next scene, the bad guys are celebrating. Fucking right. Palance is like, ah, we got him thrown in jail. Uh, we did let's it. Break out the bubbly. The plan worked. To which James Hong is also like. They're gonna get out of jail eventually. Uh, Also, we could have just killed them. Like, I'm still not getting why we didn't just kill them. He he just matter of fact was like, "Hey, they're gonna be out a little less than under two years." Yeah, that's right. The the sentence was no more than eighteen months. Mm -hmm. These guys are decorated officers. What are you? Six months? Are these guys doing maybe six months before they just fucking get out of that fucking thing? Yeah, James Hong realized what's happening here. Yeah, Palance is like, what makes you think they're ever getting out? So it's like, okay, so uh, he's got some more plans that we'll find out. Leading up to him eventually killing them because. I think my ultimate goal would just be killing them if I was Jack Palance, but I don't know. Sounds like you and uh, David Lopan should go into business with each I other. I think, yeah. Fucking You're on the same page. Get rid of Lopez. He doesn't seem to add anything to this triad. No, whatsoever. not at all. I don't Does he understand. ever even speak in this film? No, I don't think so. Certainly get rid of Palance, because this guy is living in some sort of weird, like, Michael Jackson bubble, where every yeah. one of his rich guy whims is yeah. just being fulfilled. We need more Ferris wheels. Uh, next scene, we're at the jail, which is pretty pretty uh convenient for this mm-hmm. podcast here this is like we did a whole month of prison movies and yeah. then we transition here into this buddy cop movie that sort of becomes a prison movie here for like right. a good third of it it's yeah. a smooth transition we're doing right here we know how to talk about prison movies we've been doing it for a while now right this scene is uh, also what spawned and gave uh stallone the idea for uh, escape plan one and three. Oh wow, I love hearing that. Yeah. Just, uh, not the th- not the second. There were some good ideas going on in here, but he thought maybe he could perfect them later. Yeah, maybe I could make like my own prison movie yeah. where I'm like me and some people are in prison. You know? So the gist of it is that they were supposed to be going to this minimum security prison, but some some strings were pulled, some dirty money would change hands. They get transferred off that bus, taken to a maximum security yeah. prison, which is just like a gross, just like terrible prison not a place you want to be to mm-hmm. very interestingly enough all of these scenes are like shot for shot shit that happens in runaway train that other movie. oh really yeah like literally the scene where they're walking them into the prison and like all the trash is getting thrown and all the newspapers on fire and there's yeah. fire everywhere uh the scene where john p ryan is coming back to the prison after he's been ordered to take uh john voight out of essentially the little individual welded cell he made for him is is exactly the shot for shot it's him okay. walking down while the fire rains down from both sides like visually this prison looks pretty much exactly like the prison roberts and Voight have to break out of in that fucking be, movie. It's got to be the same. He's doing place, then. beat for beat. So like this segment of the movie, at least for sure, the prison shit is the fucking Russian guy. Okay. I can I can assure you, like all of this shit is fucking his because he's just biting shit from Runaway Train, <laughs> just doing it over, just doing it fucking over. You didn't see that, but you'll watch yeah. this shit. 
Uh, so they're like, something's wrong here. This isn't the prison we're supposed to be at. Uh, anyways, let's go go take a shower. So we get a super gratuitous, great, great buns in the movie fucking shot where both double these guys buns, yeah. are where they're double bunning it, walking towards the showers. We learn that uh, Cash has got some tan lines going on. He looks like he's out in some bikini briefs when he's in the Did, I didn't get but a good tango, look. Tango? Oh, he's oh. fucking Corinthian leather head to toe, yeah. man. This guy's either going to the tanning booths or he's going somewhere, dropping trial. He's going he's getting that weird. even tan. Yeah, no tan buddy. lines. No. Uh, some some decent fucking buns on them, both of them, and yeah, this is a trope that died in the '90s. So I like to see that the last last movie of the '80s, we got some fucking man buns in them. Both Hell stars, yeah. yeah, both stars are fucking flashing buns. That's big. Which you want to see? That's big. That's a big get. What also you want to see? This is a trope that did not die out in the '90s. It lived on great. Is we get some gay panic jokes here? Yeah, going on next week. Yeah. Oh, during, during the shower the, uh, together. During the casual shower conversation. <laughs> yeah, the casual shower conversation where they're the only two people seemingly in this entire wing of the yeah. fucking prison. Yeah. No one else is being processed. There's yeah. no guards around. They're just doing whatever they want at this point. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're processing. Uh, both of them are, are worried that the other one wants to fuck each of them. Uh, yeah. Both of them assure the other one that, that, that they're not gay. And it's even if they the were, case. they wouldn't want to fuck you, you fucking loser. Yeah. And fucking Stallone's making fun of like a... Uh, how Kurt Russell isn't as cut up as him. And Kurt Russell's making fun of Stallone calling him Pee-wee. Yeah. You know, he's saying that Russell's ball didn't drop. We get some some dick humor back and forth here. A lot of pain humor. Classic 80s stuff right here. Yep. Classic 80s stuff. Yep, yep, yep. They go to uh, they go to the old Gen yeah. Pop and he's next. like, I think they're going to put us in Gen Pop. Something's yeah. wrong here. They're not supposed to put cops in Gen Pop. Oh, they do. And yeah. here's where you get the shot from a runaway train that's just recycled. Where there's basically a prison riot going on as they're taken to their cells. Guards don't seem to the be The guards all don't seem concerned. to care. Yeah. <laughs> they don't seem to care. Yeah. Uh, they go past Robert Zadar's cell, allow the the prisoners that they're, <laughs> they're, they're taken to their cell to just stop and have a conversation with Robert yeah. Zadar. Allow Stallone to reach into the cell and assault Robert Zadar. Correct. Smash his head into the bars. Yeah. These these prison guards don't care about what's yeah. going on at all. They're just like, oh yeah, we'll wait. I don't know. Whenever whenever you want to go to the cells, we're taking you to as the hallways burn around us. Uh, you could, man, moving prisoners inside of a jail, mm-hmm. this might come as a shock to you. Mm-hmm. It's never hard to figure out when they're going to talk shitty to each other. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, what do you, what do you do? You just keep ushering them along and oh. say, "Shut the fuck up." Oh, so if 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 say you're walking past some cells, yeah. and uh, one big black guy has heard a remark, "Cash, I'm gonna put brown sugar in your ass." You wouldn't let him stop and just uh, talk to that guy who's going to put some brown sugar in his ass? I'd have him keep moving forward, and okay. as he's looking ahead, okay, I'd yeah. laugh uh-huh. to myself <laughs> yeah, so he didn't funny. see. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're establishing these guys are in prison, and half the guys in this prison were put away by Tango and Cash. That's right. There's some grudge brewing. We're going to get some grudge going on. They go into separate cells. Separate cells. Separate situations. Yeah. Cash's uh, cellmate is a gigantic man who's kind of a bully. He's not going to let him use the turlet. No. You're not shitting in my cell. That's my turlet. Cash is like, what do you mean I can't? I'll beat you. Oh, you're a big guy. You're right. That's your toilet, my Mm -hmm. guy. That's right. So You get uh, that good uh, backpedaling from Kurt Russell. Conversely, yeah, I like when Kurt Russell's in over his head. That's that's some of your best Kurt Russell. Conversely, Tango has got a very tiny, very weird cellmate 
This is where our character Slinky, old Clint Howard, comes oh, yeah. in. He's named Slinky because he's got a slinky he's slinking on all the time in that cell. And it's very annoying to listen to. Yeah. Like, I'm not even in that jail cell for real. But like and a I couple minutes, I, had, I, was, I was annoyed just watching this scene. Yeah. He's like, I'm crazy. I'm not afraid of you. I killed my best friend. And he's got like fungus on his teeth. And I'm like, yeah. is that done up for the movie or is that Clint Howard's teeth fungus? Just letting it ride. I'm not entirely sure. Hard to say. Literally, I'm not entirely sure. Could go either way. How much of just like a creepy little cretin is that guy in real life? <sighs> he seems, he's got a rich brother. It seems like he'd be able to get some dental work done. But... He seems pretty well put together in Apollo 13. Oh, oh thank God. Yeah. What's he like, the radar operator or something in that? Uh, Got to give him some sort of little role. Something. something. Uh, okay, so where these, are we at? These boys get abducted in the middle of the night. That's right. Fucking, we get some funny fart jokes where. Well, uh, yeah. Fucking the big fat guy above uh, Cash is. Yeah. He's caving in the top bunk so much that his cash is all pinned in under him. Then he starts snoring and farting. He's got no room to sleep. That shit's hilarious. We got yeah. I don't know, maybe that was the producer stepping in being like, you seem to be setting up some sort of segment of this movie that's like an intense, like a thrilling uh, cops in prison movie. We're going to need you to make this more fun and funny. Let's, let's get, get some, some fart jokes Let's get some in farts there. in here. I know what people like. I was talking to my friend George Lucas about how we could liven this up a little bit. He had some good ideas. Uh, we're going to film a scene with some fart sound effects. Lots of farts. But no, then they just get abducted in the night by a bunch of fucking prisoners who yeah. bag them up in like laundry bags and throw them down a laundry chute into the basement. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where there's a gang waiting for them. A big gang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, these guys, are they armed? I think they all got like pipes and chains yeah, and shit. There's some shit. Dozen or so guys. They're just ready there to just basically beat the living shit out of Tango and Cash after also, Jack Palance gets to do yeah. some monologuing. Jack Palance is there with his uh with this guy uh fucking Blade Runner. Brian James. Yeah, Brian James. Palance is lurking in the shadows though. We don't see his face. He's yeah. just like, ah, think of me as a man who hates Tango and Cash. Yes, not named Perret, Perret, <laughs> whatever. Also, Maniac Cops here with mm -hmm. us. That's right. Robert Zadar comes up, and he's like, look how fucking weird I look. Also, I'm a yeah. big guy. I'm going to fucking fuck you guys up. And he, he does. They yeah, get, but Tango and Cash one. start the fight by giving oh. him a sweet double punch. This oh, is, these guys right. are starting to work together. Yeah. Even though they're like oil and water, yeah. fucking personal, professionally, these guys are two of the best. Yeah, they should use whatever movie that's like you're not gonna hit him why not because i'm gonna, gonna hit him i should have done one of those that's exactly what happens in this is that what they scene. said there yeah, <laughs> it's, right. it's fucking they are doing second rate recycled lethal weapon bits yeah. throughout this entire fucking yeah. movie it's yeah. exactly what we're getting uh so there's a big brawl here they're fighting off a bunch of guys we get a couple minutes where they're like doing good kicking some ass mm -hmm. also like in addition to his like slim down physique stallone's doing like more jump kicks and spin kicks in this than oh, you ever agile. see him doing yeah. anything else yeah, yeah. He's, he's like showing off his van damme fucking agility like i'm gonna cut this fucking dickhead van damme off fucking <laughs> Before he gets to be too big. He trained a little with Swayze. He was like, yeah, oh. you know, you're pretty, you're pretty ripped fella. How you do all those kicks? Possibly true, because I read that Swayze was originally the original cash in this film. Oh. And he dropped out to do Roadhouse, and then they got Russell in as the replacement. So oh. He might have been doing some spin kicks with Swayze. And if you notice, fucking... 
The That's hair. Also, the name of my autobiography is uh, Spin Kicks with Swayze. Right. The hair they gave Russell in this movie is just Patrick Swayze hair. Correct. And like they had to use a little bit too much gel to give him Patrick Swayze hair. Yeah. Because his hair just doesn't do it as naturally as Swayze's hair does no. it. So no. He just. Just get some L.A. looks on this guy till he seems like he's Patrick Swayze. That's going to work out. We used the whole bottle. Get a, get a second. Get a second. Shit's not cheap. No. We're going $20 million over budget oh, on this thing. God. It's Just mostly in L.A. looks. A majority of it. So the huge fight starts. They, they get the bad mm-hmm. guys get the drop, and mm-hmm. this is where they Eventually string they them up. Eventually they dogpile them, yeah. This is where they, they string, string them up. up. They've fucking, they're wetting them and they're electrocuting them. Yeah. Just like they do to rigs at the end of Lethal Weapon. They're not we got familiar. got some more Lethal Weapon shit going on here. Not familiar. They're both getting electrocuted with car batteries and whatnot. Weirdly enough, they start with Russell and then they go to Stallone. And like, I'd think this would be Stallone's time to shine. Yeah. But like, I think I liked Russell's like scream grunting when he was being electrocuted yeah. a little bit more than Stallone's in this thing. Yeah. I'm thinking again too is like. He just not going all four out with the guttural Stallone yeah, shit because he's, he's trying that hard to he not be wanna, Stallone yeah, in this movie. He's trying to separate himself. No, fucking, you're getting shocked. I want to hear a, a fucking Rambo exactly. yell. Exactly. He knows that if he opens his mouth to do a yell or something, it's going to come out. There's no Weird Al made fun of it in a very specific way <laughs> in did. UHF for he a did. reason, okay? Uh, I bet UHF is half the reason Tango and Cash Oh, happens, man. Half the fucking reason why this next, like, six years of 90s Stallone career happens. Stop where you, my mom will shoot. Oscar. All these movies where he's trying not to are be you, uh, anymore. Are you, are you all familiar with that Polish man that makes <laughs> fun of people? That piece of shit, Al Yankovic. I really cut to the bone. <laughs> It's like he doesn't think I have feelings or something. Come on, man. I mean, like, I know I'm a... I mean, not the most sensitive guy in Hollywood. Hollywood actor. I wrote Rocky. There's a lot of emotional resonance in that. I'm a guy who's got feelings, you know? Muscles, but I'm still a human being. Weird Al could have given me a call, seeing if I was okay with other things you were going to say to me. I don't know. I was nice to that girl in Rocky, you know? He's a nice guy. Bunch of cops break in, like, right before Tango and Cash seemingly are murdered through electrocution. Right. Which makes me wonder, like, you're just murdering them at this point jack palance like you said that we couldn't murder them and then you jumped through a million hoops to get to this point where we're murdering them and i like that like what is the plan he's lurking around in the shadows and then like when the cops show up he's basically he's like di- Ooh, being, cheese yeah, it. Ew. he's a dick tracy villain yeah, he's like i gotta scene. go he's the shadow or something yeah, he gets like a concerned shadowed look on his face like Ooh, can't let the cops know i'm here this like, is where we learn. Everybody knows you're there, man. That like the assistant warden is oh, an Matt old. Sikowski. He's an old friend of Cash's, and he yeah. caught wind of what's happening here. So like, I guess like half the fucking guards in this prison are on the take, and half of them are loyal to the assistant warden or something. Yep. Is exactly. what we, what we're gonna have to believe is going on That's here. That's what he says. So, he yeah. says some of the best guards money mm-hmm. can buy. Also, he says, I only see one option for you guys. You're gonna have to fucking escape. This is what's gonna happen, right? And I got luckily. A great escape plan for you. Yeah. Who would know better how to escape out of the jail than the fucking assistant warden right here? Well, he had the blueprints to the jail, which helped. That's right. It helps a lot. He's like, okay, we got a tunnel. We got a utility shed. You got to break into to get to the tunnel. There's a big industrial fan I'm going to shut down. I'm going to make sure this door is unlocked. Like... It's going to be easy peasy for you, basically. I got this whole shit going on. Stallone takes a look at the blueprints. He's like, why are we going the long way around? We could just take this quick turn here to Albuquerque and be out of there. That's right. Cash is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's listen to my fat friend here. Like, 
clearly he's not going to be bought off by Jack Palance and trying to fucking screw us uh, like every single thing that's happened to us since this movie started. Absolutely. Go with this ridiculously convoluted plan with the, the fans that have to be turned off and the doors that have to be unlocked. We're not just going to jump over that one wall we could easily scale. Yeah. That's stupid. That's a stupid yeah. plan. Yeah. And this starts off a chain reaction of uh, Stallone and uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, fucking Russell being like, well, that's your plan. This is my plan. My plan. It also starts off a chain reaction of me wondering why Stallone's allowed to use wear his big gold chain while he's he's imprisoned in this maximum security prison. There's that. He's got like a giant thick gold chain with like a big yeah. fucking like gold medallion on it or something. Damn, he's wearing like in all a these run things. DMC doo-doo yeah, braid. It's pretty close. He's fucking, he's blinged out in this max security prison. Yeah, he definitely looks Italian. Yeah, but Tango's like, dude, fucking, I'm not going. You're on your own. Cash is yeah. like, fine, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go in the middle of a thunderstorm when it's pouring down rain. It so looks it's more, dramatic more super dramatic. Yeah. Which very, like, similarly in fucking Runaway Train, it's not a... It's not a, a thunderstorm, but it's a wintertime movie, so like okay. everything's very cold and snowy Ooh. through that whole movie, Ooh. and we get them freezing a lot when they're like trying to like nice. get out of here, and yeah. Eric Roberts doesn't have shoes, and he's getting frostbite. And yeah, jail's a terrible place when it's cold. This, yeah. this director understands the elements, the man versus nature. Throw some of that into your movie. Yeah, that's how you get that humanity across. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, fucking Cash is like, it's raining, but there's a crowbar next to a wall. I gotta bust through the I'm wall. i take a brick into the room and then I find the big industrial fan one of them's operational just like it's promised one of them is non-operational I'm gonna crawl through this and not get chopped into a million pieces oh here's the door that's unlocked for me everything's fucking working out wait a second as I got to the ramp up to freedom uh huh is that my big fat friend whose bloated corpse is being rolled down the ramp towards me correct oh, oh no yeah this, this plan has taken a turn for the worse yeah cause that was the guy who Helped you think of the plan, mm-hmm. which is alarming, really. So he sees his dead friend's bloated, disgusting corpse, and then just hears like a bunch of prison guards and dogs. They got the hounds yeah. out, and they're they're coming after him. They're close. They've also got Robert Zadar out, just yeah. like uh, on the hunt as well, which might have been overkill. I think these dirty prison guards could have handled it on their own. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're just pulling these prisoners out of their cells willy-nilly to do their dirty work. He wanted to uh, be a part of it. I guess he gets what he wants because he was some low-level drug mule. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he turns around, tries to run back, but the fan starts back oh, up again. damn it. It's a big one, too. It'll chop you up to bits if you get caught in it. He's sliding all down the ramp because it's all wet and rampy and whatnot. He almost gets sucked into this goddamn thing. Very nearly. He puts the crowbar into the like little hinge of the door that was supposed to be locked but wasn't. So that yeah, bars he got shut. he has a minute, but these these they're breaking through the door. They're gonna get yeah. through any minute. Yeah. He's he's done for, Matt. He's like, I'm stuck. I don't he's, know what to yeah, do. Yeah, he's his goose is cooked. Yeah, this is probably the closest we get to what we were looking for. Cause Stallone mm-hmm. comes in for the save. Boy, does shoves he. a big lead pipe into the oh, fan blade. Boy, does he. It gives us a little bit yeah, of that. That's like, right. hey, you gotta hurry hey. You gotta hurry up! He's using his brawn here to stop this fan. Yeah. Cash jumps through it. Just in time before Just it starts going time. again. Just in time before the prison guards come through and start shotgunning at him. Yeah. Now we got a chase. We got an underground chase through the sewer tunnels of whatever prison USA. Yeah, they're just running through mm-hmm. and stuff except that like the next scene they've 
climbed onto the roof of a building somehow, and I'm like, how'd they get from the underbelly sewer, this thing, to the roof of a place? Uh, they must have taken a pretty detailed look at those blueprints <laughs> as they were yeah. going over the plan earlier, yeah. Not much we see, though. It's sort of like a jump cut. We're on the roof, which is fine with me. Because mm-hmm. they're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, there's a bunch of electrical shit up on this roof that yeah. will shock you if you touch it. But there's one wire, and, shit. and if we take a run and jump, American Ninja Warrior style, yeah. off this roof with our belts, and we loop those around, right? Or shirts or whatever. They probably don't belts. have belts. They use their jail, belts. But yeah, they shouldn't seems have like had they belts, but have they used belts. belts. But yeah, they use their belts. And then we're just gonna be able to zip line to freedom down this fucking power line. It's yeah. a perfect plan. Let's do it. Cash does it. He does. Pulls it off very well. I was very very impressed with the stunt work. Yeah. Tango's about to do it. Boom, Robert Zadar pops out of oh, the grate under a lot of nowhere. Bitch. We're going to have to have a big fist fight on the, dramatically in the rain on the top of this roof. All I can think is those are active power lines. You need to stay at least 10 feet away. <laughs> it doesn't happen, though, does it? No. <laughs> it's cool what happens here. No, no. Maniac cop. S- Stallone fucking. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the clever guy here. He, yeah. he tricks him. He, he's he outsmarts him. He, he, he starts getting into him with a tug of war with this chain. Yeah. Oh, that uh, uh, oh, yeah. Because when Zadar shows up, he's just got a chain with a hook on it for no reason. <laughs> I don't know where he fucking found that. But then there's good point. Tug and Warren with this uh, fucking chain, and Tango just lets it go. Lets him fly backwards into all the electrical shit. He gets fucking shockered. Yeah. It's like the movie Shocker. Just electrocuted into nothing. He's obliterated. It's like in that first Revenge of the Nerds movie, where the nerds knew they weren't going to win that tug of war mm-hmm. against those jocks. That's right, yeah. Just let the rope go. There's no tug of war or shockings and cop out that she could have she could have come up with there. Uh, not in that first no, half no, hour. No. Okay, no. okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the third act. Ooh, hopefully. Then he zip lines down. They're both walking away to freedom. Yep. Uh, he's like, "Hey Ray, I owe you one." And uh, Tango is all like, "If we get out of here, and like you need to find me." Go find this stripper at this strip club. Mm-hmm. She'll know where I am. And I'm like, oh, they're becoming friends. I love it. They're at, becoming friends. At Cleopatra's. Oh, yeah. That's a cool name for a strip club, Cleopatra's. Yeah. Uh, we get another scene where Curly's playing with his rats again. Oh, fuck. Duke. I like to think of him as Duke, Curly's twin brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's the more emotionally satisfying arc, in my opinion. That's fair. You know, he shares a. Or he shared a birthday with uh, my older brother. Ted. Oh wow, that's some yeah. trivia to throw out there. People. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is where he yells at uh, Hong. There you go, thinking again. And I'm like, yeah. listen to Hong. He's having the best ideas. He really is. Just kill these guys. Uh, He's fucking around with the mice again. It's like it's the weirdest character tick since Mickey Rourke with the bird in Iron Man Three. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know why. He's always working these mice and everything. He fucking does. He's just doing a thing. Uh-huh. Uh, fucking uh, Kurt Russell needs a gun. So this is where we first get our introduction to Owen. We learn he has a weird little tech guy. Yep. Probably like an hour after we see him use his fucking tech boots. His what? secret agent fucking tech boots what? he had. Now it's finally being explained to us oh. how it is that those fucking shotgun boots oh, could have existed. And this I guy, see. this is an actor who I uh, recognized. Yeah, I couldn't right. remember what from. He's some weird little guy with curly gray hair. Yeah. Oh, no, I've seen him in some shit. I didn't know what. Uh, he's in something specific. Uh, I'll figure it out in the break and let you know. Okay. Either way, he's got a tech guy, and he's just like, hey, tech guy, what's going on? Um, I think, like, 
I don't know what gets established here. Does he just give him a change of clothes or something? Pretty, pretty much. I think he might have a change. I don't know if he gives him a change of clothes. Either way, Tech like, Guy is also here's guns, bro. hilariously built a stuffed dog that has a shotgun in its head yeah. for some reason. And yeah. I'm like, do all of his inventions just involve putting a shotgun in something that shouldn't have a shotgun in it? Pretty much. Yeah. The, the stuffed dog thing explodes much and backfires. It's, it's very embarrassing. It's also very funny. It's like, oh, he's like the dad from Gremlins. None of his inventions work right. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Tango's shaking down the FBI guy fucking uh, who, yeah, this is the, the, the guy who was on the stand just like, a, oh, no, the guy that fucking arrested them and like they had the planted gun and everything. And yeah. He's like, who? Fucking, uh, he's like, eh, eh, this Brian James, he paid me to do it, but yeah. now they want me dead. You gotta help me, man. Oh, Weiler. That's the cop's Weiler. name. Weiler. So then, like, he's just like, tries to run away from Tango, and I think I blinked and I missed it. Suddenly, the whole place is exploding. Yeah, I don't know if you like. Ghost did he, did like open a door that was triggered with a bomb or something. Did we establish that something was uh, wired with a bomb? I before did the same thing exploded? you did, where I looked down to write something, and then like looked up and was like, "Oh, something caught on fire." I was like, I don't know. Maybe could... he like ran to the garage and That's tried to get I into thought. his car, yeah. and there was the, the bad guys had car bombed it or something. That makes but the if most so, sense. like it was like. Literally, like I looked away from the movie for like two seconds. We'll so say that's so what yeah, happened. We'll it makes the happened. most sense. Sure. Yeah. So luckily, Tango does not die in the explosion, or that would no. change the way the rest of this movie goes. While Tango's questioning old Weiler, mm-hmm. Cash goes to visit our friend Sister Act. That's right, in his little recording studio. Yeah. And uh, he's hilariously tiny and nerdy, and he's like, oh, you know, fucking sorry I fucking framed you for murder, but also when the bad guys were setting it up, I got a recording of the whole convo that could probably, you know, clear your fucking name. You might want that. Yeah, that that might come in handy later in the movie. Then we get a quick scene where Tango is just showering in a mechanic's garage, and I'm like, where's this mechanic's garage come from? Yeah. We haven't established he has any friends who are mechanics. Nah. Why why is he showering in there? Yeah. They have a shower? He's just in there. Uh, What's he get on the phone? He tries to call Catherine or some shit. I don't even remember. His sister Kiki. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't get anywhere, though. But you know who's going to get somewhere with Kiki? Oh. Fucking fucking cash, maybe. Because he's going to Cleopatra's the club to look for this this Catherine to figure out how he can get back together with Tango. He starts and, uh, axing around. He starts asking around, and he can't find anybody named Catherine, but it's time for a little bit of a dance number. Yeah. You need to take a break to have a little bit of a dance number in this buddy cop movie. Cue up that y- Yazuli because, you know, move out, don't mess around. Terry Hatcher is on the stage. She's wearing a shiny move silver out. outfit. Move She's got around. like a... Big industrial fan with a bunch of shiny silver streamers blowing behind her. And I'm like, yeah. there's a lot of big industrial fans in this movie. That blew maybe a lot of the budget on those. Could be. There are a lot of fans. But yeah, she's she strips down to like a bra. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, we're getting somewhere. But then I'm like, but also she's got like tights under the like oh. bottom she's wearing so those bottoms definitely aren't coming off which i wasn't though. expecting no i thought we thought maybe like if the tights weren't there maybe those short shorts could come off to like a thong maybe right. but i was like still got a chance she's gonna be taking her top off in this burlesque show like full tatters why i mean we've already gotten random tits in the movie once the two stars now? have flashed their buns in the movie right now. There's probably no reason for Terry Hatcher's character to exist otherwise yeah. than if she's going to give... 
No, then she just gets handed some drumsticks and starts right. drumming on some giant drums like this is fucking stomp instead of taking her top off. And I'm like, yeah. this is the worst strip club I've ever been to. Right. And we went to that one strip club where the girls were just getting up all drugged out on that oh, stage wearing bathing, bathing suits. suits. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then not even taking their bathing suits off on oh. the stage because it was all just a weird front for them to try to get you to uh, go in the bodies. back and... <laughs> And, and pay for sexual acts with them. Oh, that was, that was a lot to take we in. We thought we were going to a normal strip club, and we weren't. We were not. No. We were not. No. Ugh. We, had oh. to, we had to get out of there after waiting 20 or so minutes so your younger brother could get that one weird hand job. But then, yeah. but then we had to leave. You know, when they made you put a t-shirt on underneath your sleeveless NWO shirt, yeah, I was right. like, oh, this is clearly this is the right place. going to be a classy fucking joint yeah. we're going into right now. The way those girls acted made me think you never needed to put anything on under that. Yeah, I think NWO he was kind of making me jump through hoops like I a think so. Jack Palance does do a James yeah, Hong. Just to see. Just mm-hmm, to see what mm-hmm. you were about. Uh, the police are here. They're lo- Somehow they know that Cash has got to be here. Got looking be. around for him. Got Cash be. is like, oh shit. But he kind of locks eyes with the stripper on the stage yeah. and is like... I know that like I'm very close to getting uh, captured by the police right. and sent back to jail now, but I kind of want to see if that stripper will fuck me. I think maybe we had a moment. Right. So I'm just going to go backstage and force myself on her. And then she just is like, hey, uh, there's never been one moment where I actually heard you say my name, but mm-hmm. I'm Catherine. Bro. That's right. I recognize you as uh, Gabriel Cash because... Yeah. You're on the front page of the newspaper That's right. daily, we've established. Yeah. Like, you're basically one of the biggest celebrities yeah. in Los Angeles County with all of your infamous drug busts you're always doing. If I'm a deadbeat stripper and I ID'd you in five seconds, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be long for the cops who know you too. So let's go to the back here where all the other dancers are changing yeah. and... God bless. Happen to all have their tops off at the exact same time. God bless. <laughs> it doesn't seem like they would because it seems like, oh, whoever's on next maybe is like getting her top on and go out there. But no, no, they all happen to have their tops off and be putting on the back time. So we see like six girls boobs immediately yeah. as, we, as we go into this back area. And I'm just like, he fucking paid like six booby models to get their rock hard fucking tits out in this scene. Yeah. Because what? Because Terry Hatcher wouldn't take hers out in the scene where you're specifically supposed to have them. And then a couple years later, she's going to get them out in Heaven's Gate anyways. Well, you know. Uh, They would have had looked a couple years younger if she would have got them out here in Tango. Would have been a good time. Maybe she could have sealed her legacy that she tried to build for herself in that Seinfeld episode a little if bit more. Only, man, if only. They got to sneak out now, you, though. You got to get somebody who's got to gonna take their top off for this role. You man. would hope so. If you're getting fucking Russell and Stallone to yeah. both show ass, like, yeah. you, you're getting a lady who's going to show yeah. her fucking tits in this, or, or what are we doing? They were gonna that get, shows you what a mess this production was. They were going to get vanity, but... They just didn't think people would buy her and Stallone being related. No, like an action movie that stops for a couple minutes so Vanity can do a musical number? That's unheard of. Yeah. That would never work. Never fit. Uh, Yeah. Well, what's the big plan? How they're going to get out of here then? There's cops everywhere, man. Just sneak out. Oh, just, yeah, just like try to be sneaky about it. I don't know, like uh, act casual. Uh, maybe costumes. Oh, costumes sounds better to me. That sounds You're like right. a much juicier plan. Uh, there's this weird 
bedazzled Elvis, and uh, <laughs> Kurt Russell's like, hey, Elvis, uh, what size are you? That's right, because Kurt Russell's going to dress yeah. up as the motorcycle man with a motorcycle helmet, and he'll get out of there without the cops seeing his face. So motorcycle man walks out the back door, got the helmet on, starts making the move towards the bike. Cops are like, hey, motorcycle man. Motorcycle man takes the helmet off and is like, uh-huh. motorcycle, whoa, man. Oh, shit. It's fucking Terry Hatcher under the fucking helmet. They bait and switched us. So it's like, whoa, was she going to ride around to the front and pick up Kurt Russell? Nope. Kurt Russell is going to walk right out in front of all these cops because, Matt, they dressed him in drag and had him try to pass as a woman. <laughs> Work for Bugs Bunny. <laughs> he literally does the Bugs Bunny in a dress. Yeah. Walking out of the back of this club in front of all these cops. And this is another bit, a hilarious classic bit you always got to do in any movie back in the 80s when there's a man dressed up like a lady. You always got to have another man who yeah. hilariously doesn't know yeah. that he's really a man and he's very attracted to the lady. You're a strong woman and I'd really like to One fuck of these you. cops is trying to have sex with Kurt Russell. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. What weird gay stuff. Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, as uh, Kurt Russell, he doesn't say a word to her or to the cop. He's just like, uh, Kiki, take care of this guy. And she's all like, that's my property, bitch. And so, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Any chance of a three-way? Any chance of a three-way. Uh, That's how you talk to lesbos. They <laughs> both fucking weirdo lesbos. immediately throw their cigarettes at the cop, and the cop doesn't take offense to that. No. He just turns to the captain and says, Dykes on bikes, eh, captain? Oh, <laughs> immediately oh, says that. Oh. Like... Those two lines, the any chance of, and and the blah, 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 and bikes captain. That's right. They're within like two seconds of <laughs> they each other. They sure are. It's amazing. Uh, the 1980s, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The next scene's fucking crazy because we go back to Terry Hatcher's apartment. Yep. And we see that these two have like all their clothes off. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, they're fucking already. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Like Tango is going to figure out his sister's getting filled out and yeah. he's not going to be happy about not it. Not going to like it at all. But then it does not go in that direction. We just learned that like Cash is on the couch naked. Terry Hatcher is. No, he has the dress pulled down to his waist. <laughs> Okay, so he's at least naked from the, sh- the, the, yeah. the waist up. Still wearing that dress, though. These two strangers who have just met each other. Like, you tell me, like, these two attractive young people got back somewhere and they wanted to fuck. Like, I'm buying it. Yeah. But here what's happening is he's stripped from the waist down. She is clearly, like, taking a shower and then has come out of the shower in just a silky robe. Yeah. And she's sitting on his butt. She's yeah. on top of him sitting and is just giving him a real deep tissue massage. Yeah. And then it's sort of played out as if this is just like an innocent massage and like, oh, it's a funny misunderstanding. Correct. People are going to think they were going to have sex, but they were just normal strangers giving each other half-naked just massages massage. yeah. the first time they met each other. Well, you no, that's in. not a thing that happens. No? Uh-huh. There's no such thing as half-naked, innocent massages between strangers. Kurt Russell slipped a disc. This is a fucking weird scene. A super <sighs> weird scene, especially because predictably, Tango yeah. comes creeping in the front door. And I was just going to say to you, lucky for you he, he starts shows up, hearing yeah. a bunch of double entendre stuff where they're like ooh harder deeper yeah and i'm like oh funny he's gonna think they're fucking unbelievable i can't believe this guy but then kurt russell says uh you gotta get it in and yeah. terry hatcher's like 
Oh, it is. I just got it all the way in. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't get anything in something in a massage. There's no double entendre there. The disc, that doesn't mean anything. The disc slipped out, and it, he said to her earlier, you can slide it back in. No, that is, that is not That's what he thing. said. That's not a thing he said. Thing. I'm just following the dialogue in the scene, sir. This is, this is fucking wild. Uh, before Stallone can react to uh, the visual of his sister clearly pegging uh, his arch rival Cash yeah. on, a, on the love seat, he sees somebody creeping outside on the back patio. So he runs and just dives through the screen and tackles the potential assassin. Yeah. And then hilariously, it's not really an assassin. It's no? just uh, the, the chief of police, Aww. his buddy. It's, their ca- it's the captain. And then hilariously, there's a bunch of misunderstandings where he's like, oh, were you fucking her? And he's like, no, I wasn't fucking your girlfriend. I was just getting an innocent massage from her. And he's like, that's not my girlfriend. That's my sister. It's like, well, your sister... This is a whole fucking episode of Three's Company, just like uh, compressed down to three minutes right here, basically. I, I just love that Kurt Russell's like, well, that's great. I can still fuck her. <laughs> and through the rest of this movie, he just keeps reminding us over and over again, like, uh, I'm going to be able to fuck your sister. This is amazing. Yeah, it's not your daughter or anything or girlfriend. <laughs> I got nothing to worry about. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then we're just like, what we establish here is like, oh, the fucking chief has some info for them going forward. Yeah. He uh, came here to find them because... <laughs> Did they explain? I guess it just makes sense because we learned that Terry Hatcher is renting this house from Ray Tango, who owns it and is renting it out to her. Makes sense that the cops might And I'm like, your place that you're lying low at after being escaped convicts is a house that you own. It's in your name that you are renting to your sister? Yeah. What? (laughs) What? Oh, yeah, the cop is ID'd Brian James. That's the uh, info he has. Like, oh, we know who that oh, ponytail right. guy is. It's been fucking with you. Time to go get some revenge. Hell, yeah. They uh, they get to drop on old uh, ponytail. Oh, yeah. Go to, his, go to his apartment. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They go to his piece of shit apartment, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, piece of shit. Cash is sneaking in. He's like, where is he at? Oh, he gets caught from behind. He's got a gun to the back of his head. Uh, Brian yeah. James is talking shit like, Oi, motherfucker, Oi. I'm from somewhere else. Oh, I got you now, don't I? But then there's a gun to the back of his head. He's like, Oh, you forgot. This movie isn't Ooh. Cash. It's Tango and Cash. Tango's here, you dumb idiot. You motherfucker. So then they take him to the fucking top of the building and dangle him off the edge like Suge Knight did Vanilla Ice. Hell yeah. Does it work? No, Brian James oh. is like, I'm tough. I'm too smart for I that. No, you're not going to kill me. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything. Eat a dick. Drop me. I dare you. He calls their bluff, basically. Uh, Tango's like, I got a great idea. Hiroshima. Yeah. I don't know why that meant. I don't know. But he said it. Yeah. He was pretty confident There's when he said it. a lot of like plan A and plan B yeah. and shit. And yeah. they're just trying so hard to do the Riggs and Murtaugh yeah. like fucking banter from this point forward. It's just like, oh, plan A. How about we try my plan, plan B? B. Blah, blah, blah. And just like quippy, quippy, his girl Friday back and forth dialogue. But Kurt Russell's just as hard isn't in it. And we've established that Stallone can't do it. Correct. And I think a lot of it is ADR because a lot of it is just like scenes of them walking away while the camera's very far away from them. And you can kind of just like, you get that like they were just saying this in a sound booth vibe. Like 
probably not even in the same day. Like, yeah. the chemistry is not there. It's like Russell fucking recorded all of his half of the convo, like, one day. Right. Stallone came in another day and recorded all his half of the convo. Stallone wasn't... None of it worse. Stallone wasn't going to get those jokes over if yeah. Kurt Russell was actually there, let alone doing the it on Gibson his own. Gibson-Glover chemistry of a lethal weapon is not present in this movie yeah. at any point. They don't even have the Chris Rock, Danny Glover oh, chemistry ouch, of a lethal ouch. weapon 10. So plan B is to tie up Brian James and tape a grenade in his mouth because they find a grenade somewhere. And they're like, I know that you didn't believe we were going to drop you off the building, which seemed much more realistic than uh, detonating a grenade in your mouth on the roof of this public place in broad daylight. But uh, maybe this will work. And he's like, oh, yes, please don't kill me with a grenade. I'll tell you everything. It's a little it's, it's a little weird. It's a little fun when uh Kurt Russell and Stallone are doing the bad cop batter cop. Oh yeah. Kurt, Kurt Russell's like, "You're a fucking lunatic, man. You're on your own. You've lost it." Yeah. Then then they both share a big laugh when they yeah. say bad cop big worst calf belly laugh. cop and I'm like, <laughs> <Big> belly <laughs> laugh. They're, and they almost high five. Yeah. They almost high five. Almost. But then they think better of it and they're like, "Oh yeah, wait, we hate each other." Stallone gives him a did you bump uglies with my sister? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You walked in on them. They clearly, the, the, the deed was not yeah. done. And then Russell's like, I was so drunk. I can't remember. And I'm like, you weren't drunk. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the part where I thought it was all like fucking 80 yard too. And I'm just like, none of this dialogue like syncs up back to the scene no. that was shot. It all seems like it was recorded afterwards. Like, no, no, this no, is no, a no, weird dialogue. scene that's not making any sense to me. We forgot to bring up how uh, Kurt Russell tries to get FUBAR over like eight times in that oh, prison scene. Oh, yeah, they try to get that. FUBAR over. And they build it up to where it's like, what's FUBAR? What's, what's FUBAR, FUBAR mean? Can't tell you. It's like the big moment where we're going to learn finally what FUBAR means. Yeah. It's going to be hilarious. I guess people didn't know what FUBAR stood for in back in the 80s. Yeah. Apparently not. One more meeting with the tech guy before we get to our big finale. It's Owen. It's me, Owen. This is apparently, like, this has got to be all Purple Rain director shit going yeah. from this point forward where they told him to do a new ending to the movie. Right. This didn't seem like a movie that was going to be introducing a super vehicle out of nowhere. Well. Until this next scene where randomly a super vehicle gets introduced out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. That's where your $20 million over budget That's came right. in. They're like... Get that fucking Silverado brand new for seventeen million and put three million worth of extra Turn shit it on it. Into an A team van. Yeah. So yeah, movie's about to get a whole lot more fun. Russell Car- calls it an RV from hell. And they're like, oh, this thing's tricked out. We're gonna be able to assault the villain's lair with this thing. And they get in the fucking the front seat and uh, Russell's driving, they're getting ready to pull out, and uh, Stallone uh, says to him, Owen's not family, is he? Could be. And I'm like, does that mean if Owen is family, he's going to try to fuck Owen as revenge for uh, for Cash trying to fuck his sister Kiki? He's worried <laughs> is that about, what he was getting at? He's worried about those genes infiltrating his sweet sister's beautiful oh, body. Oh, I see. I thought he was... He was going to get some revenge sex. He's going to threaten to fuck this weird little man. He didn't. This happened to be like his uncle or something. He didn't want to have to spend Christmases with Owen. Oh, God. Yeah, that would suck. You're right. He's thinking three steps ahead. Fucking what are Christmases going to be like going forward? That's right. Yuck. They go to the Ryko airfield. Does Owen tell him to go there? I don't remember how they figure it yeah, out. Yeah, because he's like, I'm going to put this Petri dish or whatever his fucking name guy is, Parrot. Oh, I'm going to yeah. put him into my computer. 
Let's see where he is. Yeah, and it's like, oh, turns out it's here. Drive your supercar there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, before they assault the compound in their supercar, Tango uh, lets Cash know that he's the best cop he's ever worked with. Yeah, and he like, does. What are you talking about? Nothing's worked out for you for the second you met this guy. You've done no good police work. It's been one disaster after another. Still You're digging yourself out of a really deep hole right here. Your life has been ruined, actually, because of his police work. And Cash is like, that's such a touching thing for you to say yeah. <laughs> that I might not fuck your sister right away. No, he legitimately tells him, if you die and I don't, I'm still going to try to date your that's sister. Right. Yeah. It's not even like halfway sentimental. Yeah. He's just like, oh, you got something nice to say to me? Yeah. And all I'm saying for the rest of this movie basically is, I want to fuck your sister pretty bad. Yeah. She looks like Lois Lane and I'm into it. Way into it. Uh, so they bust through the fence but Palance is ready for this because he's watching everything on his wall of monitors. Mm-hmm. Suddenly we've got spotlights and sirens and then a fully fueled and prepared, like just cadre of fucking Mad Max vehicles comes out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Luckily, Jack Palance also had multiple pickup trucks with monster truck kits That's and right. uh, yeah. machine uh-huh. guns. And some dune buggies. Yeah. and We got like some two or three actual monster trucks. <sighs> so the first off, though, we get a couple of dune buggies, mm-hmm. and then behind them are like some 4x4s with rocket launchers on yeah. them. And then Tango and Cash are driving around crazy, and then they just start rocket launching everything. But, like, they hit all their own dune buggies. They don't hit Tango and Cash. Yeah. Immediately what's happening is just they're rocket launching all their own guys. And I'm right. like, this is chaos. These guys aren't good at this at all. Do they at practice all. with the rocket launchers? Not at all. There's just more rockets. There's more jumps. There's lots of explosions happening. We get a big jump immediately. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, feels like we would have built to the hitting the nitrous big jump scene. But no, this chase just happened and fucking... Yeah. Already, Cash is like, I'm hitting the button for the big jump. We get a big jump off a dirt ramp while everything explodes behind them because there's rockets fucking everywhere. They're just peeling out, doing like donuts up and down ramps, like around little shacks that are then exploding. They've got that chain gun, like a big chain gun fucking like on the side of their super vehicle and like a couple other like machine guns mounted to the front. And these guns are like all going off. But nobody's operating them. No. Kurt Russell has both hands on the wheel he's driving. Uh, Sylvester Stallone has got his window rolled down and he's hanging out the sides holding a machine gun and right. his hands machine gunning. Yet somehow these machine guns are just firing willy nilly at nothing. I was going to say, they're also just being chased. There's no one in front no, of them. There's at this no point. one in front yeah. of them for them to even. Everything happening. We've seen a lot of just incoherent action scenes in our day. This is one of them. But at least I feel like this is the first one I've seen where just like at no point did anybody try to make any of this make any sense whatsoever. It's just like things are happening on the screen. People are shooting. Things are exploding. A couple of legit monster trucks show up for what reason? I don't know. I don't and think then they there's did a anything. scene where, like, Palance is just, we keep cutting back to him. And he's like, yes, yes. He just keeps, like, yelling. Yeah. He's basically doing, like, Frank Langella's Skeletor for Masters of the Universe. Absolutely. Only without the makeup here. And I just, I'm looking at all of his fucking monitors. And, like, he's got, he's got, ooh, now the, now the fucking, uh, Monster trucks are coming. Now yeah. the giant, like, bulldozer things are coming. Ooh, up the ramp, down. And he's doing this all while hovering over his his maze. Yeah. And he's got his two... And I'm like, 
He's put them in a life-size maze where he's he's got all these things planned. It was building to something incredible. What a payoff. Never he's created a real. They're the mice inside of his maze. I've seen this movie a ton of times. <laughs> I never put that together. It's because they never hammer it home or shoot it in a way where like you can establish that or like connect the dots and like thematically it never really like connects or whatever, but that's clearly what it is. Good he's, pickup. His, his entire compound here is what he's built is some sort of death maze for him to put these two mice in. Yeah. It's what he's been leading up to the whole movie. Well, What a treat. What a treat. It all ends with two big ass pieces of heavy machinery pinning them in. That's right. They smash the shit out of their like indestructible future car to which they're just like oh shit we better bail out of this thing. They fucking bail out of it. Jump onto the two gigantic industrial bulldozer type things that smash them into and just take those over. So now they've got the big industrial bulldozers. And I'm like, this fucking supercar came out of nowhere. There was never any indication that they would need a supercar at any point in this movie. And then it just showed up. And then they just just debuted it like it was going to be the craziest thing ever. And then they used the supercar and everything was supposed to do it just immediately failed at and got destroyed instantly. And now it's not even factoring into the real ending of this movie. Now they're out of the supercar. Correct. Fucking wild. The most tacked on was not originally in the script of this film scene i've probably ever seen in a movie ever were they gonna try to sell toys like what was the purpose i think it was just the producer thought this like movie was too boring and he's like throw in explosions and super vehicles that's what i'm into it's got to be like that battle van that movie battle truck yeah that's the one so they crash the fucking two big things into the only building that's left standing being like the bad guy must be there gotta be that's what's fucking happening And uh, what what do they find when they get in there? They just Guys smash a bunch of shit them. and then smash into each other. And then yeah. oh yeah, they just smash into each other. It's basically like a first. Bond movie at this point, where there's a bunch of just like generic goons around with machine guns who yeah. they're just taking out very easily. We finally get some blood squibs here, uh, though. Oh, like, yeah, that's they, nice. That's they nice. take out uh-huh. those guys and just blood shoots everywhere, mm-hmm. which is uh, nice. Then we learn shit. Jack Palance not only has had this whole thing monitored, he has not only had this whole thing planned, he also has Terry Hatcher kidnapped. Son of a bitch. He's got her fucking with a gun to his her head. What are Tango and Cash going to do? Also, he's pushed some sort of self-destruct button that's yeah. going to make this entire compound explode. We've got a ticking clock element going forward. Right. Uh, luckily, we're finally going to get to see, though, what David Lopin's all about. <laughs> what is he all about? I don't even remember. Oh, he gets shot immediately oh, by shot. Sylvester okay. Stallone. Okay, very good. I assume Lopez probably does, too. There's no way Lopez does anything uh, yeah, intriguing yeah, in, this, yeah, in this fucking yeah. scene. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Stallone uh, immediately shoots David mm-hmm, Lopin mm-hmm. as soon as he's like, I'm going to do something. Yeah. So I'm like, he's got the sister kidnapped. He's got the self-destruct of his own like house seemingly yeah. going on. This is all a very intricate plan. Remember when James Hong just wanted to hire somebody to shoot these guys like yeah. in their sleep before any of this stuff happened? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. At some point, Cash takes a bullet for Tango. Which oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seemed a little 
I don't know. If he had enough time to, like, run in between and then push fucking... He had a gun in his hand. Why didn't he just shoot the guy that was going to shoot him rather than run in the path of the bullet and push Stallone out of the way and fucking take a bullet to his shoulder? Also fair. But I, I love I love that he's willing to take a bullet for his new bro right here. That's right. These guys didn't start off so great, but, you know... They're close now. Yeah, things are, things are coming together with him. Yeah. They're going to need that closeness because Brian James has a razor to Terry Hatcher's throat. Oh, so all no. Of their, all of their carnage comes to a fucking dead halt oh, right here. Oh, God. I'm nervous about He's it. He's yelling, drop your guns. Cash is like, I'm going to take the shot. Tango's like, that's my fucking sister. Don't take the fucking shot. He's like, her. I can take the shot. He's letting his sister cloud his judgment is what Tango's doing right here. He's that's fucking fair. Cash, man. He is. Cash could fucking blow this guy's head off. No, like, no fucking problem. Like, if I put this gun down, we're all dead. You know it. Doesn't even matter though because fucking Brian James just throws her aside. It's just like you know I had a big advantage over you. Not anymore. Now let's just fist fight. Don't even need that shit. So yeah, he starts fucking fist fighting, and then a karate guy comes into the movie out of nowhere. Yeah. So this could be a two on two fight. A guy who's super amazing at karate yeah. who's not been established. At all, ever. Brian James? At any point through this movie. Brian James establishes him right there in the scene. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh. The guy comes in, he goes, this is my mate. <laughs> he's, he's a karate guy. <laughs> this is my mate. <laughs> we get a cool fucking two-on-two fight here. James is doing dirty shit, like pushing his fucking thumb into Cash's bullet wound, which yeah. I love. Hell yeah. Always uh, a good move. It doesn't end well for him, though, because Cash puts a real grenade this time down his pants and then kicks him down some fucking stairs. Grenades his balls. He grenades his balls. And then Stallone's like, oh, fuck. I gotta, gotta throw some spin kicks and out karate this karate guy because uh. I can sense fucking uh. this young buck JCVD right. nipping at my heels. Yeah. I gotta show these producers he ain't the only guy with a weird voice who could throw spin kicks in, in town. You know, I, I, heard, I heard from Stallone's camp that he kicked him off a predator because he was like, this guy's too good at karate. That is exactly what happened. He was too good at karate. Everybody's afraid of JCVD. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. Also, the moral of this movie is Stallone's like, oh, shit, you just put a grenade in his fucking pants and kicked him down the steps and his balls exploded. And then Cash is like, yeah, he's Fubar. Remember that thing yeah, we keep that's trying right. to make? Yeah. That thing we keep trying yeah. to make a thing in this movie? Big reveal. And he's like, oh, what is Fubar? Finally, let us this know, sir, Cash. This sir right The audience here. will want to know. Maybe we can merchandise it. Fubar means flipped up. Beyond a reasonable shadow of a doubt. That's right. Oh, what a catchphrase. What a catchphrase. Oh, fuck. Somehow, Jack Palance snuck in while this was happening and picked Terry Hatcher up off the ground, apparently. I've got her now. She didn't, like, run away or anything after her attacker let her go. She just keeps laying there. Fucking, she's not a very smart lady. It's a good thing. It's a good thing she's got this stripper career going for her because I can't think of too many other fields she would thrive in. No, not a one. So yeah, the, he, also, he doesn't just have a gun to her head, though. He's like, uh, this is the end of Enter the Dragon. I'm in a funhouse mirror maze. Yeah. There's a lot of me, and you don't know which one of me is real. Yeah. Which one are you going to shoot? You don't know. And Just like at the end of the guest. Tango and Cash are just like, uh, yeah, we do. And they both just blow his head off right away. Like, Clean off. Fucking, they were super afraid of that, like, razor being to her throat, but a gun to her head, they're like, no fucking problem. Yep. And they're just like, oh, how'd you know which one to shoot? 
monogram was backwards. Okay. No, the ring's on the wrong yeah. hand. Okay, so yeah. Okay. I, I didn't catch the monogram was backwards part. And I was just like, okay, wait. I'm not, right. I'm not rewinding it, but no. they both figured it out. It they wasn't one was smart and one was stupid. Okay, they both yeah. figured it out. And they were both right. Okay, they were both right. So now the bad guy's dead. Terry Hatcher's, I guess, safer. Oh, no, no, because no, we got a 20 seconds. We got 20 seconds left. The entire oh, no. place is going to explode. Oh. They all run out very dramatically. Uh, the entire place explodes. They did explode a lot of things in this movie. And they the explosions did. were huge. Yeah. I'll give them fucking credit for that. Yeah. Uh, these two, they're still arguing after avoiding all this shit, all this stuff. Bickering everything the just light exploded the around. They're yeah. still bickering. Uh, but, 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 they finally high five, man. Yeah. Finally, the movie oh. ends with a freeze frame on a high five. Yes. Yeah, Best way to end a fucking doing. movie. This entire yeah. movie you learned was building up to one high five. It wasn't a buddy movie until they high five. There high-fived. was that one time earlier where they almost high fived and thought better of they it. They were like, we're now, not buddies yet. Now they're fucking buddies. We've got a friendship. And then like after the freeze frame, a pretty fucking lame metal song plays over the end credits. Yeah, I really like that too. I was yeah. just like, this is also a thing that sort of goes away in the grunge era. Yeah. A few more years of it and going into the 90s. Well, it's nice to hear it in the last movie of the, the 1980s. You get a fucking cheesy ass metal song over the end credits. We all know Point Break wasn't above it. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Hell no. It was above the clouds, not above putting a cheesy metal song God over the end credits. Right. We're not above taking a break. We've been talking We've for a it. while. You fucking hear about some more buddy cop shit we're going to be talking coming forward. And then when we come back, Tango and Cash will enter Judgment Day. In a city gripped by fear, a serial killer creates a reign of terror where no woman is safe. He likes plastic wrap on the face. They suck it in their mouths and nostrils, even their eye sockets. Then rigor mortis sets in. Be on the lookout for a dark van. Two cops thrown together. You see the new transfer they call Quick Draw McGraw. And you're Dirty Harry, right? With a mission to bring him down. I know what she thinks, what she feels, what she does. Every intimate detail. You're an ex-detective on a motorbike. You got one chance. You got one chance only. This guy's got heavy artillery. His videos are being distributed worldwide by crime syndicate porn channels. <laughs> but I can whip mine out faster than you can. What do you want from me, pal? I'm going to teach you humility. We have a common interest. Like what? He's sick, wants to die, and I'm gonna help him. (laughs) 
check inside. I'll go that way. Freeze, bitch. You son of a bitch. You don't go through channels. You don't go through procedure. Take the shot. You took the shot. He has a silent partner somewhere in your department. Got it. Son of a bitch. You bastard. How could you let them give me this on the air? Julie. Shit. I want you to pick up our video stalker friend, fold up his operation, and ship the whole pile down to Mexico. Got it. He's on me like a pit bull. <laughs> He's almost as crazy as I am. Fuck you! Oh, oh. Hey, Detective Dad! You're just gonna keep on coming, huh? Fred Williamson. <laughs> Cynthia Rothrock. Robert Force. It's full moon out there. Yeah, well, it makes for better night vision. <laughs> Movie star Nick Lang is looking for a part that could change his image. Me to grow up. The studio doesn't want me to grow up. I'm the only one who wants me to grow up. So to play a real cop, Please. he's going to study with the best. If I can walk his beat, if I can get under his skin, I will nail this party. Detective John Marks is on the trail of a killer. This party crasher has whacked out seven people. He's going to do it again soon, today, maybe. And what if this cop doesn't want you tagging after him? Two pros exchanging ideas. Why wouldn't he want to do it? Not if you tied my tongue to your tailpipe and drove me 80 miles an hour naked across the field of broken glass. And evidently, the guy just wants to blend in so nobody knows he's Nick Lang, okay? Yeah. There's only one way Moss can catch the killer. Without losing his mind. NYPD, NYPD. I have got to get rid of this guy. Michael J. Fox. James Woods. In a John Badham movie, The Hard Way. Coming soon to a theater near you. All right, just stop. Hey, 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 we're back. Well, baby, I'll blow. It's a shame that it's not spring breakout anymore, so we can't have the uh, party horns going. It really, I thought, added a... Should we, should we just make a, this an all-time party horn podcast, maybe? I mean, I, think, uh, <laughs> I don't mind it. Okay, I think it works great for getting us jacked up and getting us through these segments, man. You, you are right. We de- we do usually feel better when we get... Oh, 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 oh. Oh, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Fucking, this is the end of the pod. This <laughs> is the last segment we always do here. You made it. You know what it is. You know what you love it. It's fucking yeah. judgment day. It's... Yeah. We go out to the internet to see what you, the people, have to say about the film that we've been watching. We don't really care about you or what you think. We just want to make fun of you. Yeah, we really just try to find the weirdest people. Right. Read off things they said. It's... We we have this whole pretense here thing, like yeah. we're actually paying attention no. to anyone. It's, 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 no, it's an excuse to read crazy shit crazy people yeah. are saying. It's poking fun. I don't know if you've caught on. Right. 
In all seriousness, oh, there's some people whose work we respect. One ninja star reviews. I get a couple of five ninja star reviews. Generally, there's some some really good points that get made. You know, you take it all this shit seriously because we're going to be given our final thoughts and our ninja star rating, which is official. Mm -hmm. That's it's the correct opinion yeah. about this movie once we lay it down these get mailed off to the smithsonian after everyone uh, they've, they've asked us to stop doing that by the way fuck them okay let's get into it here i've got until a, they fully first kill the mail system. one ninja star review from uh an imdb user named goat us 69 Maybe Goat US 69, greatest of all time, the United States, then 69, I don't know. Yeah, uh, so good seven years before the uh, bicentennial. Could be, could be, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what what Goatus has to say is, uh, <clears throat> mm. I thought this was one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Oh. With the very stupid, witty remarks that they do to all this action that is never needed. Really and to bad. stuff that would never happen and what you would endure. Mm -hmm. all one sentence. For example, when Kurt went home and the Chinese assassin tried to kill him, I think I is very doubtful that he would go through that and then finish it off with a witty remark. Well. And also, where Sylvester shoots the tank filled with drugs. Sylvester? And licked it. That's stupid. That could have been anything. For example, anthrax. And then he finishes it off with another stupid witty remark. Anyone want to get high? No, he was serious, though. These are great examples of why I hated this movie, and I hope others will agree with me on this. One Ninja Star from Gotus 69 mm, I see. Uh, this <laughs> a person, you know, I, I believe them when they talk. They seemed like a, a legitimate reaction to Tango and Cash. Okay. This next uh, IMDb user, Whirling Wonder, oh. gave it another One Ninja Star review, but I'm thinking this guy's coming into this movie with an agenda. I'm not sure oh, he even gave it a fair Kind of like a Stallone right did here. coming yeah, exactly. into this. Coming into Tango and Cash with an agenda. Mm. Whirling Wonder says, Hilarious. A sweatpant fantasy by two inimitable retards wow. acting within an unparalleled series of deranged scenes. <laughs> a film that would have served far better in a fictional novel. Ugh. Focused to tell the story of the bedtime delusions of an overdosing drug addict. What? Plunged within the depths of an unending state of paranoid dementation. Okay. It's clearly an educated man we're dealing with here, Matt. It's still all right. He this. goes on to say, A movie inundated with stereotypical absurdities oh. at nearly every moment is no wonder why the only viewers to cite this movie with any realistic appreciation could only suffer from an immense degree of infinite gullibility. Oh. You really got the thesaurus out for this one. Look, buddy, you already had us at retard boner party. <laughs> one last paragraph here. Let's see how he brings it home. Hollywood must be in utter admiration for a muscle-bound airhead to leap the stage that thinks as if his brain was lodges up his ass and utters every word from his mouth as if his tongue was swallowed in his throat. But what about those big arms of his? The film would have been much more fit for view if the two of these flagrant Neanderthals tied bandanas around... There, and he's, it's the wrong there, oh. hollow heads oh. and screamed cowabunga. 
But how could they well have done that without ripping off a classic youth movie, no less a cartoon, that yet displayed far greater intellect and creativity to its viewers, the wrong its. Uh One ninja star from very educated, very smart, not so great at grammar, IMDb user, Whirling Wonder, who seems to be better than us all, Matt. I just like that he saw this movie in TMNT. Oh, friends fighting crime. I've seen this somewhere before. Right. Fucking (coughs) Ninja Turtles (laughs) ripoff. That Owen was just supposed to be Casey Jones. (laughs) Uh, Is that true? That's the worst Casey Jones. Uh, Man, I got a couple of five Ninja Star reviews here. A couple of people that loved this fucking movie. Uh, One very short and Mm -hmm. one very long. I think Mm. maybe you can see which direction this is going in. Yeah. I got a good idea as to how this is going to play out. The short one is from a letterboxed user named Callie of the Dolls. Oh. She says, erotic. My dream threesome. And then (gasps) used the emoticon that was two dads and a tiny girl in front of them. So I'm thinking that's Stallone. (laughs) Thinking that's Russell. And she is the tiny little spinner that they're going to throw around in between the two two of them. That's five ninja stars from Letterbox user Callie of the Dolls. That's a five. I don't know ninja star review. Doctor, look her up. You yeah. People, you people want want to get her to know a little, know her a little bit better. Yeah, Matt, I've got one more five mm-hmm. ninja star review. It's from mm-hmm. somebody who was so passionate about this movie that he had to write paragraphs and paragraphs about it. Some similar to each other. That is, of course, our official baby oil and blow film critic Ivo Cobra Eight. He's uh, got a lot to say here. As he always, this is going to be as, as new for you as it is for me. When I see he's got one, I don't read it myself. I, I like to, I Good like man to, yeah, I like, You're to going fresh. I like to dig in here and experience at the same time, the same way you all are. <clears throat> going fresh. October says, this was the last action film from the 80s that Stallone made, and it become yeah. my favorite action thriller from childhood. Huh. I grew up with this film. Tango and Cash is 1989 underrated action classic film. So far, so good. The amalgamation of Sylvester Stallone's sheer magnetism and Kurt Russell's commanding stage present yeah. has yielded a sonnet, the likes of which all films aspire to be. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Stallone portrays Raymond Ray Tango, a highly decorated narcotics detective from Beverly Hills, who penchant for the stock market has granted him not only the finer things in life, but also a means to express his sophisticated nature and aspirations of financial independence. Stallone masterfully shows the dichotomy of a character who is highly educated and well-mannered, yet is beset in a cesspool of crime and depravity. Beset? Right, you heard him. Damn. Tango yearns for a better society, yet will not rest on his laurels of law and order. He's the Frasier of cops. Gabriel Gabe Cash, portrayed by the immaculate Kurt Russell, is the antipodian of Stallone's level-headed Tango. Right, he's the Kramer of cops. Cash is pugnacious, assertive, and jealous. This is the most sure I've been that he just steals paragraphs from other people. No, this is real. (laughs) Yet his diligence to enforce law and order at all costs define his tortured soul. Ooh. Although this crass inner city detective has a disheveled appearance and tough Mm -hmm. exterior, he is simply trying to hide his true feelings and desires for true love in an otherwise barbaric society. Yeah. (laughs) He's reading a lot in this movie that I don't know that I saw. I feel it. I was thinking 
digging it the whole time. All in all, this film is the crowning achievement of Stallone and Russell and the Hollywood film industry. True. It is a cut of history when master artisans the like of Russell and Stallone are brought together at their peak with visionaries leading them to produce what is their destiny. Oh. This this next sentence is all one paragraph. Sure. Fubar! <laughs> Uh, it is my best it is my favorite best action film and the second Stallone best film along with Cobra from the 80s I love the action sequences the prison sequences I love Robert Zadar is the jaw in the film he's the face that's some rare uh, bad uh, uh, research out of Ivo Cobra here Mm. I hate to call him up mm. in the film he is more memorable for me Matt Cordell as Maniac from the 80s gotta agree there that is why I love the films from the 80s and 90s more than I do now Tango and Cash is a 1989 American buddy cop action comedy film that was mainly directed by Andre Konchalovsky. Mainly. Although Albert Magnoli took over in the later stages of filming. It stars Sylvester Stallone, Kurt Russell, Jack Palance, and Terry Hatcher. The film was released in the United States on December 22nd, 1989. Okay. The film describes the struggle of Raymond Tango and Gabriel Cash, two rival LAPD narcotics detectives. I don't follow. Oh, Jesus. Who are forced to work together after the criminal mastermind Eve Parrott frames both of them for murder. Sure he does. Two cops are framed and must clear their names. This is the only film directed from Andre Konchalowski that stayed my memories from him. Oh, oh. check out Runaway Train, Ivo Cobra. Yeah. The director for me is unknown. Sorry. Sylvester Stallone did great job portraying his character L.A. cop Raymond Tango. Kurt Russell was awesome as L.A. cop Gabriel Cash. Awesome. Terry Hatcher as Catherine Kiki Tango was excellent as Ray's sister. Yes, she was his sister, not his mistress, girlfriend, or his wife. She was his sister, which I love in this movie. Right? Jack Palance's crime boss Eve Parrott was excellent villain. Brian James's Rat Queen was the amazingly tough guy villain. One of the best. It, it, just, it seems like his vocabulary is broken down uh, from what it was doing in those two paragraphs earlier. I was not quite oh, following uh, that. But, 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 that ether's starting to hit. The most awesome to me was Robert Zadar as the Jaw. He was terrific in this film. The Jaw. I love this film to death. I love it. It is my favorite film, and I love it to death. Five Ninja Stars Woo! from Ivo Cobra A to. There's a lot of enthusiasm coming into this one. A lot yeah. of enthusiasm. Yeah. The jaw. Matt, I know you have a lot of enthusiasm mm-hmm. from, with, from your childhood memories of yeah. Django and Cash coming into this. How did it hold up to uh, those, those lofty high high standards I'm sure you were holding it to? I've seen this movie a lot through oh. the years. I watched oh, really? it as a kid. Wow, not me. And I saw it uh, recently. I'd say within 15 years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Recent mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. It's yeah. hard to say. That's recent when you start was, getting yeah. into, into your late like 30s. Probably I think, 20s yeah. or something. Uh, whatever this movie it's not without its issues uh runtime doesn't hurt it it's got explosions it's got two people i really love in it mm. it's got boobies in it so mm. it checks a lot of boxes it does check a lot of boxes. uh there's a lot of bad dialogue in it though man the first mm. and second act mm move along i would say yeah i, I don't agree. really have many pacing issues with this film no, no it keeps move i don't know or it keeps moving i don't know what towards but it moves <laughs> uh supercar showdown there's a mad max supercar showdown a lot of weird hodgepodge mess in it but 
I still don't hate it. It ends before you even realize it. And uh, man, I, I can't go lower than three ninja stars. I'm a softie for this three one. Three ninja stars means you're definitely a softie for Tango and Cash. Yeah. I think there's some nostalgia color in this, uh, this yeah. decision right here. I just always liked it. Still do. I fucking, uh, I, you know, I got to echo most of everything you right. say about Tango and it's Cash. Nothing you said was wrong. Yeah. Uh, I think, to put it succinctly, uh, as succinctly as I can right now, Tango and Cash is a movie that doesn't do anything well. Correct. But everything it's doing poorly is things that I like. Correct. So I'm still kind of entertained when I'm watching it, even though it fails on almost every level. Yeah. That's why I'm just going just a baby dick under you. I gave it two and a half ninja stars. That's fair. Yeah, I think... I think That's we're both fair. landing in fair yeah. territory here. Why didn't they ever do a sequel? These two ever do anything else together? Well, I think probably because the entire uh, process of making it was such an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. <laughs> but they made money, and that's what matters It in did Hollywood. make some money, and that is what matters. And I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame they never got back on the same page. 89 was like in the heyday of the sequels, man. Oh, like, absolutely. You know, unless sequel you're talking City, about movies man. now. Sequel City. Well, you know. Talking about their movies now. They never got back on the same page, but two people who are on the same page is me and you. Fuck My man, my buddy, my friend. That's right. We've got a whole month ahead of us talking (laughs) about other other buddies and friends. So, you know, why can't we be friends? A treatise on the the Buddy Cop movie Mm -hmm. is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Next week, we got a banger. We got a weird one. This week, we're like two of the biggest stars in Hollywood. Yeah. Next week, let's take it back a little bit. Okay. Maybe let's... uh, Let's see what's going on in the B-movie area. Oh, the, uh, with Jerry Seinfeld? I love that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not B-E-E, just, uh, oh, just, just B. It's the consonant B. Oh. It's occurred to me we haven't talked about Cynthia Rothrock yet. Rothrock. B-movie hatchet-faced karate lady fucking legend. We, we need to get her. Rothrock. We need to weigh in on her in Baby and Blow. We need to weigh in on her in Fred Williamson. Teaming Ooh. up in a super weird, what feels like it's the early 80s, but actually came out in 1997. That's so late. Buddy cop movie. It's called Night Vision. You can watch it on Amazon Prime for Let free. Let know. Let or know. maybe Tubi TV or maybe both. I think it might be both. Find it. Wherever you go to watch your trash, those are two of my favorite spots. Find 1997's Night Vision. Meet us back because there's plenty to talk about this one. We're going to have a good old time. You're damn right because it's baby oil and blow and you remember, motherfucker, don't show up here with a girlfriend no. next week. Stay single. It's a long They tear your dreams apart And every new town Just seems to bring you down Trying to find peace of mind Can break your heart It's a Use a friend